1: All right, thanks for waking up with us on this Tuesday. KB and Andy, it's the wake-up call here on The Fan in Indianapolis. As always, broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. And fellas, there haven't been too many games this year where we've looked at the Pacers and thought, yuck, what a bad performance. And no doubt last night in Charlotte was one of them, and we'll talk about it. Rick Carlisle will join us in the 8 o'clock hour. So a lot of Pacers today. KB, a good morning to you, sir.
2: I think Rick will be in a good mood, right?
1: All the all My the questions already on the dumb all button. of the questions that I had that could be perceived as fun or funny or you know well-natured I just went ahead and deleted them all this morning. Well, we'll just get into the the nuts and bolts of what we saw last night. I'll let you throw the icebreaker yeah. softball at Rick to lead things <laughs> off here.
2: Yeah, uh this is a you know a bit of a gloomy Tuesday here uh, unfortunately I guess we'll just get out of the way cuz I know some people are asking about it. Uh, We had a last-minute cancellation with Adam Silver in the 9 o'clock hour. Hopefully, we can get him on later in the week. uh, But some weather issues in the New York area for the commissioner. Uh, But again, hopefully have him on here in one of the next couple of days leading into the All-Star game. Yeah, it reminded me of November. It it reminded me of playing to your competition last night. And really, Andy, just check all the boxes. Offense, bad. Defense, bad. Out-hustled. The rebounding numbers were very alarming. The bench was terrible. Um just a really, really disappointing. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you covered it. It's honestly a bit shocking the loss was only nine points, you know, when you consider sure. all of that. Certainly one of the worst losses of the season. And you know, try to kind of hint at this throughout this clunky nature to the last month, Andy. You're playing with fire. Like if you look at the standings right now, if the playoffs started today, the Pacers would be in the playing. They'd be in the playing versus the Heat. Like, yeah, good <laughs> you, luck. You don't right. want to see a one-game Miami series. No, with Jimmy if Butler. And you lose that, all of a sudden, you're playing for your season then, you know, two nights later. And when you made the Siakam trade, everything got thrown out the window in terms of, well, you still got your first-round pick or, you know, whatever, you, you you can fall back on that. That's gone. So expectations uh, inevitably rose with that. So, yeah, for performance. Last night from the Pacers. We'll touch on that. A lot again, to to Rick Carlisle coming up at eight. Uh big hoops night here in the state, the number four team in the land. I kind of forgot Marquette was ranked fourth. Seems like everybody in the top ten is losing, and Marquette is on a win streak. They actually have not lost since Butler last beat them. It'll be the rematch at Hinkle tonight at 6:30. Um, I
1: guess should we do it right now? To oh boy, some I like it. I always like you know. In this first segment, when Kevin Bowen brings up Butler this early, he's got a little magic trick in his pocket. So go ahead, and tell the people what you got.
2: Marco still go caller number four right now three one seven two three nine ten seventy four a four pack tonight inside of Hinkle Fieldhouse. Big that game. is a six thirty tip against the number four team in the land. Is there a trivia question attached to this? I, I, I think I was so just frustrated by last night and then a little bummed by the Adam Silver news. We just reward who calls in. You did.
1: Tower. He walked in, bummed out, and then I was like, "My dober was down." Yeah, I, I was thinking. I was thinking. I want to let Mark be the one that gives him the bad that gives him the bad news over Adam Silver. They they just are me. they are getting like feet of snow. Yeah, I apparently in the that. in the New York area. Oh yeah, like you know the big front that was actually south of us moved all the way up. So it's you know it's a normal. It's Pennsylvania. It's New York, New Jersey. They're all just being. I mean, I don't know if it's a nor'easter. Remember those? Sure. But uh, it just missed us. Thank goodness. Not that I did anything yesterday, but we appreciate it.
2: Uh, again, the other uplifting story from a local hoop standpoint uh, would be what's happening in Terre Haute. Finally! The Sycamores of Indiana State for the Finally. first time since Larry Bird in 79. <laughs> That's
1: unbelievable.
2: They are ranked 23 and 24 in the respective polls. They are in action tonight. Our very own Brendan King has yes. actually called a half dozen Indiana State games this season for ESPN+. Plus. He'll be on the call tonight. He's going to join us a little bit later in the show. Uh, I I feel like when you are a program like Indiana state, the fact that you just got that number next to you, I I know it has little bearing on your NCAA tournament, you know, resumes and like, Oh, well remember they were ranked in, you know, mid February, but that's just fun. Like you're on the bottom ticker. Uh, People in (laughs) obscure parts of the country now are like, Oh wow. Indiana state is ranked. I kind of forgot that that school even exists. Like cool. I love it. Uh well-deserved, uh, again, they continue to put together a really nice resume. Indiana State back in action tonight against Illinois. The
1: States. fighting JMVs. The They're fighting, fighting J- 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 JMVs. J-MVs tonight. Shout out to my dad, and uh, Indiana State grad as well. Listen, let's go back to the Pacers for a second. Again, Rick Carlo, uh, Carlisle will join us at, at 8 news o'clock. There. Uh, <laughs> I think it probably does. You know what killed me about this game? What killed me about this game? Yes, they played just bad. I mean, it was just a poor performance, and you went through it, and you're right. Uh, and ha- you stinks, know, And after the, the game, Tyrese Halliburton said all the right things. Turner said all the right things. By the way, we might have uh, Miles Turner at the NBA. We're going to be at the NBA crossover event on Friday. Uh, for NBA All-Star Weekend, as like you can tell, uh, the excitement here in the city is building as really a couple days away uh, into Thursday, all the events are going to be starting. But, dude, I'm telling you, and I know there's other like times of the game you can look at this, but you're watching that game, KB, and there's like four minutes left in the game. And you're only down three. I think that's what bothers me. Is as bad as you played as as. And you mentioned it. The, you know the score could have been much worse than one eleven to one zero two. Charlotte is not
2: good. Well, like, like, and let, I, and let's make listen, that abundantly clear. And they,
1: and they made moves. And I know Buckner talked a lot about this during the game Court on the acted Valley's like broadcast. They for LeBron well, and Steph. <laughs> it was it was Seth Curry uh, instead. At one point. Uh, they had 88 points did and they mentioned this, Denary mentioned this during the broadcast, they had 88 points to the Hornets 54 were from new players and Bridges had a nice game and everything else, but you're right, they stink and the mindset was bad so the play was bad, the mindset was bad this is now a couple games also we've seen Carlisle, and we need to ask him this at 8 o'clock KB, that we've seen him have to call an early timeout Yeah, two minutes. In um, whether it's defense or offense guys not being locked in he's calling the timeout, but what killed me is like four minutes to go and you're only down three and at that point it's like as bad as you have played okay and it's been a disappointing game if you lock in for four minutes here you can just win this game you can kind of steal this game you can survive this game and immediately they're you know four minutes to go they're down three and bridges goes right to the bucket walks in like brain smith did frankly, against Indiana, and he gets an and one, and it's it's okay, it's whatever, and it's back up to six, and at that point, you know, is basically over. Last minute and a half, you know, two minutes, almost running out the clock there in Charlotte. But that's what killed me. Four minutes to go, you're down a possession, yeah. you've stunk it up. Go win this game, and they didn't respond at all. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, wow, they're about to escape,
2: and we'll, you know, you'll never talk about this game ever again. Like that, that, that sort of feeling. To it, and yet, to your point, it didn't happen at all. Again, Charlotte stinks. Um, <laughs> it's the first time they've won back-to-back games since November, since the Colts' bye week. <laughs> <laughs> you guys it. want to remember when the Colts' bye week was? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. After Germany, folks. Yeah. Remember when the
2: Colts played in Germany?
1: After the big Patriots game. Oh my God, um, does seem like another life ago.
2: It does. You know, again, like look at Charlotte last night. You know, when the Pacers have had. Again, I tweeted out after the game. The Pacers have been clunky for the last month. Like, they've just had these such up-and-down Jekyll and Hyde nature. But in losses that we would label as disappointing in the last month, Andy, you know, Jeremy Grant goes off for, what, 39. Jalen Brunson goes off for 40. You know, Steph Curry the other night has 42. No one for Charlotte sniffed the career performance last night. They were 29% from three. They had 16 turnovers. This was not some out-of-body experience from the Hornets, yet in all of those facets, offensively, the Pacers don't sniff a number that you need to. Defensively, sixty-five percent allowed the in the great, second great half.
1: Grant Williams had twenty-one points. E-
2: exactly. I mean, these are <laughs> role. Gl- gl- yeah. You know, gl- I mean, come on. Davis Bertans is getting in <laughs> off the bench for them. Like I, I, I guess they traded for a former Thunder rookie. I, I Mirtich. I, I don't even know how to say his last name. He was slicing and dicing the Pacers whenever he wanted to. That's what adds to it. And, like, you aren't in a position to have trap game mindsets. Like, the Knicks were missing a bunch of dudes the other night. Toronto, the other, uh, coming up on Wednesday. Like, where's the trap? Look at the standings. Right, you're, like, like, you're, you're a seven you're not, seed right now. Yeah, you're yeah. not in a position <laughs> to be thinking trap-like games. And, Andy, these are the types of teams you're largely going to see the rest of the season. You know, it, it, it's playing to the competition, which, sure, you have great wins over Milwaukee and Boston and Philly, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, the in season tournament, but you also have now a handful of these losses that, you know, come mid April, it's really going to impact some things from a seeding standpoint. So, a very ugly from the Pacers last night. Rick Carlisle joins us at 8. It'll be at Toronto coming up on Wednesday. That is a 7.30 tip. And that is it as they lead into the All-Star break. Well,
1: it's too bad, too. You had Cleveland lose last night. You had the Knicks lose. They're all upset how they lost. I guess there was controversy at the end of their game. Uh, Two other things, and I want you to think about this. We'll get to a morning check down here in a little bit, but I just want to put these in your mind, and we can talk about these as we go. Uh, The first would be, and I was listening yesterday uh, to GM Chad Buchanan, who was on with JMV, and Buchanan, you know, I, I mean, he was very... Uh, honest, I think is the best way to say it. He was very honest, KB, that he said, listen, moving Buddy Heald, and I'm not making this a Buddy Heald conversation. You'll see where I'm going. He said, you know, moving Buddy healed. it didn't make us necessarily better this season. And I think that has been... You know, one of the conversation pieces since they made that move last week. And after they made the move, we had the conversation the next day on that Friday, last Friday, to where I said the Pacers have told us in every single way possible, at every single level of the organization, whether it be Buchanan, Rick Carlisle, players, anybody in the middle, that this is You don't want to use the word rebuild, a retooling, whatever it is. They are building a team, and it's not yet over. And so they make that move, and Buchanan comes on yesterday with JMV and says the exact same thing. And it makes me wonder, it just makes me wonder if we are too far ahead of ourselves with this team. Does that make sense that we have viewed this team, specifically you and I, KB, have viewed this team as a top six seed? In the playoffs. And I have thought at times this season that they absolutely are. And then, you know, I'm thinking, hey, I just beat the Orlando Magic and then Philly and the embeed and issues. And, you know, right now the Knicks are going through, they lost a couple games in a row, but they're going through substantial injury issues with guys like OG Ananobi and Julius Randle. Guys are going to be out weeks on this team. And I just wonder sometimes, last night was so bad that I'm not sure it fits the mold, but overall, are the are, are are the Pacers going to if they end up being a 7 seed here in 8 seed you know are they going to be able to sell us hey guys we were in the lottery last year this is all still very new. We have a young team. Um, making the postseason is going to be, quote, good enough. It shows a substantial step in this franchise. you got to get to a
2: playoff series. You have to get to a playoff series. And frankly, I think you need to be somewhat competitive in that playoff series for me to sit here in late April and say, all right, that was a step
1: in the right direction. I guess I, I'm I'm trying to find out if they would agree with you. That's what I'm because every message is well we didn't really get better at the deadline with moving yeah, buddy again, and I well thought, we're rebuilding know, I, last year we were top 10 pick we were in the lottery
2: like i my expectations at the start of the season were 5 or 6 seed and 45 wins so and that's before siakam that's before you know anything else happened there i do think that should be the expectation and just living in the present of last night andy that should not be acceptable and, and again these performances rise too often to um you know, frankly, be a team that you feel consistent about come April. And I I guess if you want to look glass out full at it, uh, these types of teams won't be there. But again, there's no guarantee that you're going to be there. If the playoffs started today, Orlando's got the head-to-head on you. So they are in the playoffs. They are the sixth seed. You are the seven. You would be in the play-in. And these are things we're going to have to watch here down the stretch. Again, Rick Carlisle joining us at 8 o'clock. Shout-out to Joel. Joel is our winner of the Butler four-pack. Josh. Josh. Good job, Josh. Oh, I thought jo- Joel. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Josh. Shout-out to Josh. Marquette and Butler three-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a big the game tonight. Eagles uh, on that one. I continue to look at this Butler resume. Andy, seven wins in quad one and quad two. I think four of the seven away from home. Like, they almost have to face-plant. To not make the postseason and by the postseason obviously I mean
1: the NCAA tournament go, like go ahead and mark that uh mark go ahead and mark that down I I, I even though even, though even though I agree you with you you are a studier <laughs> of the bubble you are a guy I am a that studier been, of the like, bubble Yes. I no, right feel now, like there's right, one NCAA tournament that team. stands
2: above the
3: rest, it's right. who have
2: you beaten and where have you and, beaten And where them? do you beat And road wins are Seven, more valuable. Seven quad one or quad two wins. Listen, Butler's a tournament team. Yeah, they're a tournament the team. Again, they probably could use one or two more, and the beauty is they get those opportunities tonight and upcoming, um, but still, I, I feel very good about where they're at right now. We will give away another four-pack coming up. They've got Creighton on Saturday, so again... The big games continue for the Bulldogs. We'll do that here later in the week. Shout out to the Sycamores. They are ranked. We'll chat about that on today's show as well. Rick Carlisle at 8. Brendan King on the call for Indiana State's first game as a ranked team in 45 years. We will do that with him coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Continue to give away our Dave Matthews tickets and Cluster Truck gift card. We'll do that here coming up on the Pop Quiz later. Good Tuesday morning to you. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton on the ones and twos. Thank you for tuning in to the Wake Up Call right here on 93.51075, The Fan. (laughs)
1: Reminder, Rick Carlisle going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Let's get into the morning check down. 111-102, that's your final last night in Charlotte. Pacers fall on the road. They fall now to 30-25 and on the season. If everything started today, playoff-wise, they would be in the play-in. They would be a 7 seed, so not good there. Rick Carlisle, post-game unhappy.
0: Unfortunately, the process involves nights like this, and it's, it's no fun. Most positive growth comes from failure, but we got to learn from. It. We got to turn it into a positive somehow. And look, Toronto is going to be is going to be a beast of a game.
1: Yep, we'll see if they can do that Wednesday night in Toronto. Post game, Tyrese Halliburton unhappy as well.
0: Unfortunately, we just didn't uh, play up to our, uh, our level, our expectation as a group. And like I said, we just we got to grow up. and We got to be we got to be better if, we want, if we're serious about winning.
2: Well, I think the first possession of the game, Andy, I want to say three different Hornets beat the Pacers off the dribble. They get a layup, and I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is one of these small ball lineup nights where Turner you know, was dominant early, but then you just too often the Pacers can't take advantage of that enough, and I think you saw that late in the game. I could not, of all the stats, and the stats are astonishing. Pacers, 26% from three, 62% from the foul line. I mean, that's, that's IU basketball stuff. 16 off or out rebounded by 16. Only had two offensive rebounds all night. That is a season low. But the one that stands out to me more than any of the others Charlotte in the second half on two point shots 23 of 27. (laughs)
1: They missed yeah. one two point shot uh, yeah. in the final quarter. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable stat. They're t- just their two point percentage is unbelievable. Cuz like you said in the first uh, the first segment, it's not like they went out and made 17 threes. No, no, no. It's no. not like 29% this was percent from 3, yeah.
2: 16 turnovers that nobody for Charlotte had 40. This is no Brandon out, Miller Brandon didn't Miller's go nuts. in foul trouble. Right. Like, this is no out of body experience by the Hornets whatsoever there. Uh, Just awful from the Pacers last night. Uh, As Rick Carlisle said there, 7.30 tomorrow, Toronto. That concludes the first chunk of the season.
4: I'm scared at 8 (laughs) o'clock.
1: Poor poor Dougie McBuckets, too. He's 0 for 5. Yeah, since uh, You're saying that trade ocean. didn't really work out? I'm shocked. <laughs> and, buddy, Heald,
2: have you seen the numbers he's put up before? I have. Yeah. We're about to do
1: a buddy watch here pretty soon. Uh, tonight
2: in Hinkle, we already gave away a four pack of tickets to Butler and Marquette. It is the number four ranked Golden Eagles. This is a rematch from a big Butler win in Milwaukee earlier this season. If you look at what has happened to these two teams since then, Marquette's won seven straight. Butler, I think, has won five of six. I believe so. These are two of the hotter teams right now, certainly in the Big East. Marquette's case, you'd probably say college basketball. Um, so a three and a half point underdog, the Bulldogs, and this one uh, tonight is the annual uh, Project 44 game, so honoring the life of Andrew Smith, uh, driving awareness for bone marrow registry. There, um, another big one here for the Bulldogs. Again, it's an early tip from Hinkle. That is 6:30
1: just other uh you know i was we, we were we were laughing dur- we were laughing during the break uh kansas lost by 29 last night to texas tech That's they a- scored 50 points last night that was by almost 30 on the road that is a- I, I thought it was crazy
4: that he, the sixth overall team in the country was like plus 200 in that game heading into it so It's like
1: oh that seems odd. They're just not as good this season. They're and not they a team team at Miller all.
2: Win. Butler beat Texas Tech, right, earlier yeah, this year? And we yeah. talk about some of these marquee wins on Butler's Yeah, I mean, resume. Texas,
1: that Texas, 18-6 on the season. So I want to throw that one out there. And then Duke all over Wake Forest by eight, I should say, 77-69 there as well. And Butler had in action tonight at 6-30. We gave away four tickets earlier.
2: Congratulations. The yes. other local college basketball angle for tonight, the Sycamores, as a ranked team. 23 in one poll, 24 in the other. They are a big favorite. 18 and a half point favorite against Illinois State. Again, Brendan King was called a lot of Indiana State games on the year. He's going to join us coming up uh, a little bit later in the show, to am talk I allowed ten Cubs questions about the Sycamores? <laughs> uh, Brendan like listed like six different topics he's going to talk about. I, I think we'll focus on the Sycamores. I don't. Well, think what are we'll the go, six?
1: I kind of want to know the other I don't uh, think the we'll other go ones. pitchers
2: and catchers here for the Cubs. <laughs> <I mean. laughs>
1: well, he's got, remember he uh, now, he helped a just a tape an grab. interview. Maybe we'll throw. In okay, a question. okay, but he's going to Arizona soon, is he not? I know. I thought he was what, for pitchers and late catchers. Late February. For those
2: unfamiliar, Brendan King also. Uh, the play-by-play voice of the South Bend Cubs, the AA affiliate
1: of the Chicago Dude, Cubs. I always think Brendan, like I haven't known him long. He's a good dresser as well. In sports radio, that well, can be a rare thing, as, you a low know, bar around here for dressing in sports <laughs> radio. Here. He had a nice like. Brady uh, King is a great human. Yeah, he had a nice little coat and everything. Last time we saw him, cannot wait to talk to him. So usually you just on, say I have
4: a good hoodie on today. Yeah, you're like oh, it yeah. passes. The so bar. he's
1: on. He's on the call tonight. Then he is on the ESPN. Oh, Plus, that's awesome. Good, uh, good for him. Call.
2: Matt Wren, I believe, the color analyst again. I think this is game number seven he's done of Indiana State. So he's seen the Sycamores a lot this year. For those unfamiliar. Uh, We'll get a little bit more into that random Colts note of the day. I do want to focus on the Colts here coming up in a bit, but uh, Joe Haig, former Colts offensive lineman, announced his retirement yesterday. Haig actually started 30-some games for him, uh, one of the final draft picks in the Ryan Grigson era, so he hung it up. But on the other side, um, one week from today, it's been a slow news cycle for the Colts here, as expected, into the offseason season. But we are starting to get some important dates on the calendar. The first one of that comes, again, a week from today. Where will the news be on Michael Pittman Jr.? What would plan B be if all of a sudden they let Michael Pittman Jr. walk in free agency? We'll chat about that coming up next as the free agency window starts to inch closer and the franchise tag window begins coming up next Tuesday. We'll do that on the other side. Rick Carlson. All right,
3: back whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascally 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascally is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascally 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascally is right for you.
1: Back at it on this Tuesday. KB and Andy, we're the wake-up call. Hanging out with you in the drivehuber.com studios. Reminder, coming up top of the hour. Rick Carlisle will join us. Pacers head coach. Not a good one last night. Uh, We'll see what what kind of mood everyone's in uh, at 8 o'clock. Hit that mic uh, at 8 o'clock this morning. And uh, so we'll we'll dive into that. And then we were slated to have Adam Silver at about 9.30, NBA commissioner. Uh, He's going to reschedule. They have a bad story going through the New York area. Uh, so, I mean, several, I think, feet of snow are expected. So we'll hopefully catch up with him down the road. You know, I just wanted to throw this out if if we can, and we'll get to some Colts conversation here in just a second, that I, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on this guy. I, I, I don't want to sound that way. Uh, I know he is a vital piece to the puzzle for the Indiana Pacers, and on top of it, I know, you know he missed a couple games. I know that Benedict Matherin has been under the weather. He's been dealing with some, illness, Quinn Buckner yesterday really talked about that on the broadcast. So I don't know how much that has bothered him, but you know we have now, I'm all about data points and those sorts of things. We went three games now since the buddy healed you know, trade. That is a big moment in you know, in the pacer season. So you go back, you look at early season, then you look at the Halliburton injury, and that's kind of like a timetable. And you look at Pascal Siakam and him being added to the team several weeks ago, and that's another data point and how things line up. And one of the conversations around Buddy Heald being moved last Thursday, KB, was you know, some guys are gonna have to step up. There's going to be an opportunity for some other guys. And Benedict Matherin, you know, he's one of those other other guys, and there's so much predicated in this organization on him not being just a good player or a bench player, but being a really good player. Uh, he's played six again, this is in three games, 62 minutes since Buddy left. Fifteen points, eight rebounds, and two assists. He didn't score last night. So again, I don't know if it's the effects of the illness. I don't know if he's just on a little bit uh, of a of I don't want to say a slump right now. I'm not sure what it would be, but you know, a lot was predicated. A lot is going to be predicated on this team taking the next step. Is going to be on. Benedict Matherin, let's just say it. And you could move Buddy because some other guys would step up. And last night, Ben Shepard, three minutes, doesn't come in until the fourth quarter. They're kind of looking for something there. Uh, and then Matherin, kind of an o show last night. And those those things are worth talking about because they didn't want to move him, and I can understand why. He needs to step up, and in the next few games, after the All-Star break, it's going to be something that we're going to watch, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't even think there was kind of a no-show. I thought it was a no-show for Matherin last night. Um,
2: Lethargic, like, just not his usual. Usually, you have to rein him in. Like, you have to kind of, throttle it down, Ben. And I thought last night, it was like, no, you got to throttle it up a little bit. Uh, Yeah, Quinn, it seemed like Quinn almost went a step further in describing how sick he might still be which i don't i don't think i recalled him on the injury report leading into last night there and there's no way you say that without people just being like oh that's an excuse for him so i simply I'm just relaying what quinn buckner on the road with the pacers team obviously said about matherin when he got pulled there i forget if it was late i think it was like late third um I kept on looking for him on the bench. I didn't like see him on the bench for the next few minutes. So I, you know, did he go back to the locker room for a bit? Then he eventually came back to the bench. Uh, but then, to your point, you know, Shepard took, I assume, Doug McDermott's minutes in the second half. I don't think Doug played in the second half. Shepard came in just briefly there, uh, and that was it. So the bench unit just terrible last night. Even T.J. McConnell wasn't anywhere near you know, what we're used to with him. He had a trio
1: of turnovers there. You so. were minus 17 with T.J. McConnell on the floor. I, I don't always yeah. love that number, but right. it does stick out when but you again, look at the box bad score. Right, bench night, right. I think
2: is very fair to say. So, ugly from the Pacers all around. No matter, I don't look, look at one facet of the game and think, oh, Pacers did a nice job here in this area. Uh, so, cannot wait to chat with Rick Carlisle with a hint of sarcasm there. Coming up in 20. 20- <laughs>
1: I have bu- a buddy who lives in Charlotte. He got pretty. Good- he's a Pacer fan. He's from Indy. He got pretty good tickets to that game. And I was just smiling. I was like, how much did he spend on those tickets to watch the Pacers? I'm the hoping B- he show? went to the previous game <laughs> in Charlotte. He, he, okay, every time right, they've been right. to Charlotte, he's been there. But hey, I'm like, boy, that one. you splurged on some good tickets. Those are the Jay Query tickets. I like that. Uh, a little
2: Colts <laughs> news that we want to get to. Uh, coming up a week from today, Andy, that begins a two-week window for teams to apply the franchise tag If they would like to. Now, this is a storyline that we have not needed to put any sort of attention to in recent years. The Colts have had virtually zero realistic franchise tag candidates. We've talked about it before. Pat McAfee in 2013 is the last franchise tag Uh, the
1: Colts have given out. Which, by the way, is amazing. That that's the last time they they gave out the tag and that it went to a putter. Now, again, (laughs) the reason why McAfee got it, and just to remind people on
2: what the tag is it is the average of the five largest salaries of the prior year at that position. Um, I think the other angle is like it's 120% of the prior year's salary for that player. Like Saquon Barkley, for example, if the Giants were to tag him again, they want to make sure that he's making more money than he did last year with that tag. Um, And so basically the Colts have had no really... Quality free agent that you would want to use the tag on. And to be fair, especially in the Chris Bauard era, they've re-signed a lot of their own. They've gotten ahead of the tag. Now all of a sudden you're in a position with Pittman where it's a tool and you could use it. And again, if you use it, Pittman's on this team for next season. Point blank. He's on this team for next season. The projected numbers are just over 20 million. For the one-year franchise tag, that would give you, I think it's about a five- or six-month window then to try and get a long-term deal done, which is ideally what the thought process was when the franchise tag was um, created. Um, It is interesting to note, I think I saw a stat the other day, uh, teams have used the tag 23 times in the last three years around the league, and less than half have gotten a long-term deal done. So just because you use it sure, doesn't mean you get that deal done. But again, one week from today, that begins a two-week window to where the Colts can use the franchise tag. If they don't use it by March 5th, then that means they'll have just one more week to try and get a deal done with Michael Pittman Jr., or else
1: he would hit free agency. That is Wednesday, March 13th. You don't believe that we'll have any sort of news by Wednesday, March 13th, do you? I mean, you don't expect to well, get uh, you know, some
2: news in the next three weeks
1: because the two-week window, you either is use the tax right. or
2: you don't use the tax. So that will be the first
1: news I, item. We I, I will mean, get, lo- I mean, long-term well, I, t- contract news. Do we expect that? Because I, I am almost expecting that this goes to the, the franchise. League, if you
2: look around the league, it would probably easy easy to say no, but I do think there is a lot of mutual mutual liking from the Colts with Michael Pittman Jr. And Chris Ballard has never shied away from public remarks positively about Michael Pittman. Same thing with Shane Steichen, even. And, you know, Pittman doesn't go to the extreme that Ballard does in sharing those comments there. So I don't know if I'm there, to be honest with you. I, I will continue to say I fully expect Michael Pittman Jr. I, it would be a surprise if he's not on this team in 2024. How does that look? That is a fair question. And, you know, if you look into some of these free agency projections, again, the franchise tag number is not official yet, but right now. Around 21 million, a little bit less. I think some people feel like Pittman deserves a little bit of a higher annual value. If you map out a long-term deal, you know whatever that is, 23 million, something around there. Um, is that a huge sticking point in these in these negotiations? Um, but I, I bring this up because we haven't had a lot of Colts news items. Here in the first month of the offseason. We're about to start to get into that. Really, the franchise tag window starts that, the combine, of course, in two weeks. But I threw out a question on Twitter the other day, Andy, of if the Colts let Michael Pittman Jr. walk, what is plan B? You know, what what is the other option on that? I want to throw a couple of these tweets that I got from our listening audience and feel free to react to okay. any of them. Nathaniel goes they have to draft a wide receiver on day one or day two and then would need to sign and trade for one more. Either that is bringing Pittman back or sign and trade for Mike Evans, T. Higgins, or A.J. Brown. Uh, again, asking what plan B would be. Randy says with the 15th pick, the Colts would draft a wideout. Ballard has no intention of paying a wideout $23 million per year. He's never valued the position. Shane Steich had banged on the table to get Jonathan Taylor done. Does he do that likewise here? Uh, this from Brooks. If they let Pittman Jr. walk, Ballard should be fired immediately. <laughs> the guy is exactly what this team needs, a very good receiver, but also tough and plays when dinged up. To let him walk would be foolish. And last, last one, this pretty simple from Lars, asking what a plan B would be. Lars. He says, there is none. <laughs> okay. Do you see a well, realistic? Realistic plan B if you were to let Michael Pittman Jr. walk, because I do think there is some validity to listening to some of those ballads never valued wide at that level. You could easily argue he's never had a wide out in-house particular that meets the criteria that he would hold, but still – what do you think is a realistic plan B, if anything?
1: Uh, okay, so there's a guy that I love, and he's under contract through next season. Okay, and he just played in the Super Bowl, and he makes an okay amount of money. He's going to be making a ton more money, and we'll see what the the you know the, the Niners have went all in, and that's Brandon Ayuk. Uh, to to me, he would be. But he's he, not a free agent. He's not a free agent. Uh, the first guy there, you know, talked about trading for AJ Brown and all that. I mean, that's not going to happen. In fact, even trading for a big time wide receiver like that, I just don't feel like is going to happen either. So that sets us up with, well, what other kind of guys are out there? Well, I love Mike Evans, but Mike Evans is you know, 30 years old, and when you talk about, you know, does he match the profile of what a young team with a young quarterback needs? I'm not sure he does, and I love Mike Evans. The only reason I bring up Brandon Ayuk is uh, last week of the week before um, oh goodness, what's his first name? Is it Brett Spielberger? Help me. Who's yeah. on with JMV? Brad, maybe. Yeah, I think that's Brad. And I actually cut the sound. I should find it. This is a week or week or two ago. And they talked about Brandon Ayuk of, hey, you know, this is a guy that potentially, you know, you could see some sort of a trade. You could see, you know, do the Niners, you know, this could be a year, but do the Niners, what are they going to do in rewarding him with a contract? But I don't think any of the backup options are options that Colts fans are going to care for. Now the 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 question that I have that would be twofold is I agree with the Ballard may not want to pay 23-24 million dollars to a wide receiver. Understandable but I don't what other option does he have as well when you start talking about options when I mean, we look around the NFL I'm not sure and on top of it there just haven't been a litany of guys that have demanded that type of money you mentioned it a second ago I think you're you're spot on I also view it as if if Pittman because I think the franchise tag here is something that if they use it it's not like a bad guy thing for Balor now does it harm the relationship? We just saw Jonathan Taylor have a pretty harmed relationship, and when the money was right, he signed the contract, right? So Pittman, you know, I always think, well, you know, there's going to be bad blood. It's like Barkley's pissed off at the New York Giants. You know, if the Giants put a four-year deal that had $81 million guaranteed, or, well, you know, that number's obviously too high, that he would sign that deal. Uh, so the relationship aspect here is interesting uh, as well. I, 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 My biggest takeaway on all the Pittman stuff is this. He is one guy. Jonathan Taylor was not this. Taylor was light, but in my view, is not this. Pittman is one guy that if you let him walk, fans are going to be upset. And it's going to be an overwhelming majority with the Jonathan Taylor stuff, KB. You know, fans came out of the woodwork. He's a diva. He's a running back. You know, he. You know, last year he was injured. Uh, when these guys get older, the value of the running back position became a big talking point. That's not the case at wide receiver, and it's not the case with uh, with Michael Pittman. And then the other thing, the last thing I would say is the tweet of move up and grab somebody. Nate Atkins had a piece in the star today. I don't know if you saw it that, you know, even if you have to move up a couple spots to get Brock Bowers, you do it. I have brought those things up. Chris Bauer doesn't move up in the draft. You've, You've know, you said that on the air quite a bit, so those are my thoughts around Michael Pittman. He'll be back next year. I tend to think they franchise him and they work something out, but regardless, he's going to be back next year, and the cap number would be about 21.7 mil if he were
2: to be tagged. Go back to a Ballard comment during the end of the season presser when asked specifically about the whiteout market. Definitely made me think. And I mean, That's Bowen, it. every time I freaking read or listen to Bowen, it's like a constant freaking barrage of of, of uh, wideouts. <laughs> I think we're approaching the anniversary of that, Mark. Uh, that was a combine press a, conference. Should I get a cake? Is, right. that, is that two years ago then? Oh, no, I think, is, was was pre- I think it was pre-COVID. Yeah. Oh, it was pre-COVID. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was okay. the last
4: event we were at, and then the world shut down. I was
2: going to say, I've been standing on the table for wideouts for quite some time. But to, to Ballard, you know, again, a lot of people, you know, he, he never pays for the premium positions. He never pays for wideout. He had an interesting comment last month at that season at Impressor. He made the gas price analogy in regards to wideout. You want to drive your car? You're going to have to pay that price. Like that, You want a wideout? You're going to have to pay that price. It was one of the first times I, was, I kind of walked away thinking, alright, he's kind of got no choice. He's he, a bit
1: handcuffed. He has no choice with and, Michael and Pittman.
2: Again, to me, when you have Anthony Richardson, you have the wideout core that you do. Michael Pittman Jr. is a number one on your depth chart. To me, there's no realistic plan B unless you're going out and training for Justin Jefferson right. or trading for whatever Jamar, like whoever you want to throw out there that is clearly above Michael Pittman Jr. Realistically, there's no one like that. I don't put Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, and T. Higgins and these other free agent wideouts, even if they hit the open market, I don't put them in that category. And I would make the argument, and finances would be difficult to make this happen. I'd make the argument. The plan B needs to be, honestly, an additional name well, that's at that the com- position. That's the conversation. That, to Not me, just is Bidman. the bigger yep. question. You brought up Brandon Ayuk. Well, it's Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, right. along with George Kittle. I go back, and I've brought this up numerous times. Look at Miami and look at Philadelphia and both of those teams and how their wideout core has been built. Philadelphia spent a very high draft pick on Devontae Smith. Miami spent a very high draft pick on Jalen Waddell. And yet, when they had two extremely accomplished collegiate quarterbacks in Tua and Jalen Hurts, they still sat there and thought, nope, what we have at Whiteout is not enough. We need to go above and beyond. We need to do, make something more happen there. What does Miami do? They trade for Tyreek Hill. What does Philadelphia do? They trade for A.J. Brown. That's how I view the Colts situation. If you want to play out the analogy, okay, whatever, Pittman might be considered your version of Waddle, your version of Devontae Smith, and I say that just because those teams drafted those respective players. I'm not saying Pittman Jr. is the exact type of player that those guys are, but you can't stop there with your building at the wide receiver position. So I threw it out there of, okay, what would plan B be just out of curiosity? And does anyone have like something that makes me pause and say, okay, I can see where you're coming from on that, and I didn't get – anywhere with anything of realistic nature to it, again, to me, you got to stack another one on top of it. How does that look? Does that happen this offseason? It might not, but you need to do it early on in the Anthony Richardson rookie contract, because again, whether it's Tua in Miami, whether it's Hurts in Philly, go back to Stefan Diggs being traded to Buffalo for Josh Allen, a lot of these teams did those sorts of things When these quarterbacks were on their rookie deals,
1: is Diggs a guy that interests you at all? He's he's thirty-one. He's evaporated a little bit in that Buffalo offense. Too old, probably.
2: (sighs) And again, there's a diva element to every wideout, but I'd wonder if he's a little bit too much of a like demanding the win now and just maybe not as open-minded to growing with what you have right here.
1: You're spot on that the conversation isn't Pittman. Pittman, the bill is the bill. The gas price is the gas price. The loaf of bread price is the loaf of bread price. That's how it's viewed. It's who else can you find around it? And right now, they need two, three, four more weapons around Anthony Richardson. And the beauty is, in
2: this draft and future drafts, wideout is a deep spot. I mean, that that, that continues to be uh, how the college game has evolved. So, uh, certainly, the Pacers, earth. Pacers, uh, the Colts are going to have to hit on that at some point unless they make a substantial trade. All right, speaking of Pacers, on the other side, Rick Carlisle joins us now.
1: All right, 8 o'clock, hanging out with...
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you
1: few here on the fan hour number two broadcasting live from the drive studios KB and Andy wake up call uh, here in Indianapolis busy busy show today reminder uh, rescheduling NBA Commissioner Adam Silver hope to have him join us later in the week all the NBA festivities they have a nasty storm right now going through the Northeast new New Jersey New York area Pennsylvania Philly and all that's being pounded uh, pretty hard there so we'll catch up with him hopefully later in the week Brendan King will join us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Indiana State in the top 25 for the first time since Larry Bird. All right, a lot of Pacers conversation today. Let's keep that going. You know it's 8 o'clock here on this Tuesday. Rick Carlisle, Pacers head coach, joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, coach, good morning. I guess let's start with this. Uh, I know you're not happy, I'm sure, about the game last night. In one of the clips we had, we played it earlier. You did mention learning something, getting something positive uh, from a bad moment Last night was a bad moment. What do you think your team can learn from that loss last night in Charlotte?
0: Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear us? Yeah, I can. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, you sound before good. we get started, I, I want to, uh, I may, uh, send out special best wishes to um, Ashley Preston, who's the daughter of uh, our. Uh, VP of uh, Public Relations, Mike Preston. She's having ACL surgery as we speak. She uh, had an ACL injury uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, playing with her club team, and she's a, uh, a great young soccer player at rebuff, and uh, it's a scary time, but she's going to do great, and she's an ass kicker, and uh, just want to send out love and best wishes to her as she uh, as she goes through this. So uh, anyway, yeah. So you know, the game last night was uh, uh, was tough. Not good. Didn't play well. Um, and yeah, it's got it. We got to make it a learning experience. Um, you know, simply. A situation where um, a team had just made a pretty significant move picked up five new players uh, got pretty juiced up two nights earlier uh, in a game at their place against Memphis yeah, they, they broke a pretty long losing streak in that one and then uh, in our game you know they they just uh, they were able to just hang around and 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 outlast us and uh, so it was disappointing um, nobody likes the way the whole game went. And so it's just got to be a lesson learned in, you know, the importance of just laser focus, <laughs> finding a way at a at a, at a a challenging time of the year with, with All-Star break around the corner.
2: Coach, you took a timeout. I think it was less than two minutes into the game last night. What specifically had you uh, feeling the need to do that?
0: We had one, what I thought was a glaring – a uh, glaringly bad defensive mistake, and so yeah, you just you just want to uh, you, you want to correct something like that absolutely immediately, um, and try to get you know try to get the, the club refocused. And uh, yeah, it just it was a frustrating game. I mean, at one point, I think it was we had a seven point lead in the first quarter and had like three or four chances to make it a nine point lead. And it just it had a couple of just uncharacteristic, untimely turnovers, a couple of shots that needed to be better shots, and you know, one of the turnovers turned into a three for them and then we weren't able to score the next time and then they scored again or I think it was another three and then all of a sudden it's a one point game and we we lost the first quarter by a point. So I think it's just more of the same. It's just uh <laughs> Uh, situationally, um, it's kind of like field position in football. You know, it's we just uh, we just did not do our job as well as we needed to.
2: He's Rick Carlisle. One final game for the All-Star break coming up tomorrow night in Toronto, 7.30 tip for the Pacers against the Raptors. Coach, I'd say more so than any other team in the league, you guys have some great, great wins over the top, of the league and then also have several losses against teams that would be in the basement of the league. What do you make of such a stark contrast in many, you know, big wins, but also several losses against teams that again will uh, be in the lottery?
0: I think it speaks to the the nature of the league now. It's just that the, the parity is, uh, is, it's greater than it's ever been. You know, even with the teams that have, eight or 10 wins or 12 wins or whatever, whatever Charlotte has. And, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a compete league and, you know, even the teams that aren't good are competing well. Um, You know, look at the Memphis game we had a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they're without uh, three of their main guys, You know, uh, no Morant, no Bain at the time, um, you know, uh, no Adams, or he may have just been traded or something like that. And, you know, we just – it was a barn burner of a game, and they make you play every single possession. And, we, you know, we simply had to outlast them. It's a a one-possession clutch game. And so um, everything's on a fine line. And so you've just got to be – You've got to have your total wits about you the entire time, and um, you know you, you've got to be you've got to be focused, and you've got to have a major killer instinct, and uh, the basics of the game are absolutely critical. And so, you know, we came up short last night, um, and so we paid a price.
1: Rick Carlisle, with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You mentioned killer instinct. I know you mentioned that a couple times after the game as well. Uh, and that focus is like, how do you get that? Is that just playing more? Is is this group being together more and more? Is that how you achieve that? How do you achieve that and grill that into the guys as a head
0: coach? Got to be an attitude that you develop. Um, and I, look, there's no, there's no excuses. I mean this is a this is a thing where uh, our team's got to learn a lesson and you know like look at Toronto last night they were a big favorite against San Antonio at home and San Antonio who's had a very rough year you know wins and losses now is putting some wins together um, and you know Toronto I, I haven't watched the game yet I'll watch it this morning but uh um, they had probably a similar type game, and, and so they paid a price. They lost by twenty two points at home or twenty three points at home um, to you know one of the, one of the bottom teams in the entire league. So, you know, we're coming back in here tomorrow to Toronto with with Pascal, and and he's he's coming home, and you know he's a a former high level support player on a championship team and a starter and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, this is going to be a barn burner type game, and we're going to have to be ready.
2: Again, Rick Carlisle with us here. Pacers lose last night in Charlotte, as he said, off to Toronto for tomorrow night, final game before the week-long All-Star break for the Pacers. Uh, Coach, it's our first conversation with you since the trade deadline and what transpired. Um, there are reports out there that Buddy Heald asked to be traded. Can you confirm that?
0: No, I can't. Uh, whatever, whatever. Chad Buchanan, um, when he when he had his media availability that night after the game, whatever he said, and I don't know the exact transcript. Um, you know, that's that's the position of the of the team, and so, um, you know, Buddy was uh, was a terrific player for us for a couple years. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, in life and in the NBA, <laughs> everything changes and everything comes to an end eventually. And so, um, you know, he had to uh, he had to move on, and, and we wish him well.
2: Obviously, they're different players, but how can you compare losing Buddy to what you hope Doug McDermott brings to you guys?
0: Uh, they are different, um, but they're the, the similarities are they're both terrific players off movement they both shoot the ball extremely well um and yeah you know, doug's, doug's only been here two games and so um he's getting his feet wet pretty quickly um but i you know i do believe he can help us and um we get another opportunity for him tomorrow
1: Rick Carlisle joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline tomorrow night. Last game uh, in Toronto. Last game before the NBA All Star break. So a lot of conversation there. I, I wanted to just ask you, uh, what is the? I guess what's the health? Is Benedict Matherin feeling well? The reason I asked that, Quinn Buckner brought it up on the Bally's broadcast quite a bit last night, and in the three games since Buddy uh, was shipped away, just 15 points, a couple assists, and eight rebounds in those three games. How is he feeling? And is this, I guess, how much more of an opportunity with Buddy gone is this for Matherin to get out there and to learn and to show what he can do?
0: Well, he was sick, um, I don't know, the other week. I'm trying to remember when this was. He he missed two games. And I and I'm really I want to make sure I got this right. He missed two games. We started him against Sacramento. Because he was fresh, they were uh, they were waiting on us. Um, I think coming out of New York, and <clears throat> so we started him in that game. Then he got then he got sick for a game or, or a game or two, and then and then came back. Um, he banged his leg in the game at New York three nights ago, and. I didn't think he looked right last night physically, and so you know we'll see we'll see where he is today. I mean, he hates losing, hates missing games. Always says he's okay, um, but you know if he's not right, um, <laughs> maybe he shouldn't be out there. You know, so we'll uh, we'll take a closer look at him today. Um, but I'm you know I'm concerned about his health.
2: Rick Carlisle is with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. One final game for the All-Star break uh, in Toronto coming up tomorrow night. Coach, obviously, rest and recovery is a big part of what the next week will be about. From a staff standpoint, when you guys reconvene uh, early next week, what will be some of the focus points as you get ready for you know, a stretch run with you guys right in the thick of trying to earn, I would assume, one of those top six spots and avoid the in?
0: Well, health has got to be the first thing. Uh, you know, Jalen Smith will not play tomorrow uh, in Toronto. He, he has a he has an issue with his back that just is one of those, is one of the, those things that um, therapy helps, uh, but um, there's no substitute for rest and what he needs from Mother Nature in that in that instance. So uh, we're hoping that. You know, this period of a few days before the break and then six days during the break will uh, present a situation where he'll be much better and be able to play coming out of the break. If not, he'll, you know, he may miss an additional game or two or three. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. But that's, that's something, you know, Tyrese has been dealing with, um, you know, his return to play. Um, as you've noticed, his, his minutes have increased gradually, um, and he's doing better. But if you if you look at his statistics, you know since since coming back, um, you know his averages are, are down, and so this this is this is something that just doesn't simply happen overnight. So um, the hope is that you know once we get through All Star break and come back and all that kind of stuff, he'll be feeling, you know, uh, uh, absolutely 100%. And that will be very important.
1: Coach, can you tell the the offensive – or can you tell the staff there at the All-Star game – that you would prefer Halliburton to only play a certain amount of uh, minutes in the game? Is that a silly thing for me to even ask you what kind of conversations, you know, have you had, it's going to be a big week for him. He's going to be very active, not, not totally resting. Maybe like some of the other guys on your roster.
0: Well, (laughs) I understand. And that's one of the things that um, we hope, you know, doesn't go crazy. I mean, um it it's it's a time of year where you know there'll be a lot of promotional opportunities this is where agents you know make make their make their wages and stuff like that i Tyrese is a smart smart guy and like, you know he's, he he understands how important he is to us and so uh you know i i have implicit trust that that he'll handle everything fine um and we you know when you're when you're started in the All Star game. I mean, that's that's a big freaking deal, man. Sure, that's, sure. That, that's you know, that's you know. We hope that this is going to be a, a yearly thing, a perennial thing. Um, but a lot of guys, a lot of guys that are, are great players never get a chance to start in the All-Star game. So it's, a, it's an amazing honor for him and, and well-earned and well-deserved.
1: Rick Carlisle with us, Pacers head coach, on the Payless Liquors Hotline here on the fan on this Tuesday. All right, I had to ask you this, and I appreciate the patience, so I don't know how much you saw of the Super Bowl coach, but uh, the 49ers coach, Kyle Shanahan, has been beat up the last day and a half or so because some of his players admitted they did not know the new rule uh, for you know uh, the overtime rule in the Super Bowl, they learned that actually as the overtime was getting ready to start. Uh, we know the rule book of the NBA is also thick. How do you go about making sure you and your staff are up to date on every rule, and then the players as well? Are you the one that describes them? Do you bring in someone from the NBA from the outside with any rule changes? How do you guys do it at the NBA level? I ask because obviously the Super Bowl—it's such a big conversation from that game.
0: Well, we every NBA team has a rules liaison, and so our rule, rules liaison is Mike Weiner on my staff. And so um, it's his it's his duty um, to collect any information on rule changes, you know, year to year as they happen. They have they have Zooms, they have uh, all kinds of different things. Um, he brings that information to me and the staff, and and you know we. We uh, we go from there, um, but I'm not going to get into a thing about you know what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I mean, you know, um, to, to, to you know to uh, have any opinion at all about that is none of my business. I have two. I have two greater respect for him as as a coach and what he's done.
2: Coach, we'll end with this. We know in your conversation with us last week, you mentioned I and I think I've got the town right. Aug. All- Ogdensburg is that correct where you're headed to see your parents after tomorrow night's game
0: yes that's right Ogdensburg New York Ogdensburg. it's a border border town on uh, in northern New York state um, there's a bridge to Canada uh in Ogdensburg and you go across the bridge you pay three or four okay. or five or six dollars whatever it is now and you know, if you have your passport, you know you can you can go over and 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 do uh, you know do whatever you want over there. It's uh it's really it's really an interesting thing to have growing up. You know, just the fact that you can so readily uh, go to Canada. So um, as I think I mentioned last week, uh, my brothers going to come up for the game, and then we're going to we'll take an early train Thursday morning. Uh, to from Toronto to Brockville, New York, which is about 15 minutes from Ogdensburg, Brockville, Ontario, I should say, and um, so I get to see my parents for you know a better part of a day and a half, than it's uh, then it's on to uh, Charlottesville. Well, safe
2: travels to that. Safe travels to see Abby at UVA and enjoy that. I did want to end with this. Again, All-Star Weekend, obviously, here in our city. When your colleagues reach out to you and say, all right, uh, give us a spot to go to, maybe a restaurant or two, uh, do you give them any recommendations of note you'd like to share?
0: Well, I, I have some obvious ones. I mean, uh, obviously, St. Elmo's is, is – you know, kind of world famous, world renowned. Uh, my my favorite restaurant in Carmel is uh, is Savor up at uh, Monon in Maine. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of great ones. You know, I mean, uh, my other uh, one of my other hangouts ever since I came here as an assistant coach in 1997 is is Irie, Italian restaurant up on College Avenue.
3: Mm,
0: okay, uh, those are those are kind of my recommendations you know i know i know the people in all those places and uh and those are great but uh indy is is one of the great convention cities in all the world i mean nobody does it quite like indianapolis you know everything from the basketball court in the airport you know to just the uh, the welcoming spirit it's um it's an exciting time and uh you know, I'm sure it's going to be uh, an amazing few days uh, during All-Star weekend.
2: Coach, enjoy the family time. Got to be pretty cool to see not only your brother tonight, but, uh, or tomorrow night, but obviously your parents, and then hang out with Abby for a few days. And uh, as always, we appreciate the conversations, and uh, good luck tomorrow night and rounding out the first half.
0: Okay, thanks, guys. Take care.
2: Rick Carlisle right there on the Payless liquor Hotline. Stuff. He's got me hungry now for Italian I'm, after the Irea's drop. I'm, I'm,
1: by the way, I'm looking at it right oh, now. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I
2: brought it up yeah. immediately. It is a
1: staple right get, there. Because, listen, I'm new. I need to get people to tweet me uh, restaurant that recommendations. Is yeah, I
2: mean, I lived in Fountain Square for a couple of years. There and you that go. Is, uh, that was a dangerous spot for me. Uh, I believe,
1: uh, what? What? Fat Tuesday, if you would like. I'm to seeing some lasagna, in that. some lasagna being brought out of the oven right now. It is making me hungry. The Mather and it's common like Garfield <laughs> over there.
2: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I it, you know, it, there's no way to say it without sounding like an excuse, but I watched him last night and I thought the dude just doesn't look. He right doesn't to look me. like himself. He doesn't no. look right. Again, you know, Quinn and you prefaced it with your question to Rick of, you know, Quinn had mentioned the illness and then I. Uh, Again, I thought physically, it's just like, gosh, he's not as usual. That dude is reckless. That dude attacks with no fear of the body, and I just didn't see it to the full level. So maybe a little bit more of explanation. On that,
1: I'm not feeling good about him playing tomorrow no, night as no, no, well. And no. Jalen Smith is already going to be out. Yeah, Donkey buckets is new to the team. It's just boy, they gotta they gotta reach down. They gotta win. I mean, this is one of those games yeah, you where dig deep tomorrow night. Si- Siakam and Halliburton need to go out there, put up big games. They need to win this game tomorrow and night. Siakam's
2: emotions, who knows what sure. those will be like, and you know, being back in Toronto, I. It's a little thing, but uh, you know, does Matherin participate Friday night in the skills competition? I know the skills competition is, you know, a, a, at times it's you know can be a little bit lax, but still, uh, that's a question. He's in the Rising Stars game, of course, on Friday sure night. Sure is. is. a little bit more of a uh, higher intensity game, so I, I just think they're going to enter the break with a lot of questions. They are going to enter the break with a lot of questions. I think we have put the Halliburton health minutes restriction. That I think we can move it to the side, but um, you know where you're at. With your starting lineup, you seem to be settled there. Your bench unit has got to get cohesive because they are obviously going to be critical for you moving forward. What is McDermott's exact role? Matherin handling the brunt of that second unit from a scoring standpoint. The health of Jalen Smith. I mean, back spasms for a big dude. Nothing you want to play around with. He obviously, uh, his status right now, very much up in the air. So uh, some, some huge questions for this team. And it's a team right now, if you look at the standings, they're in a play-in game. They would not be one of the top six seeds uh, tied with Orlando, and Orlando's already won the head-to-head tiebreaker against them.
1: I'm just, like, to me, uh, injuries aside, like you said, I-, I am interested in, you know, Carlisle having to instill in how you instill, i thought going to give a pretty good answer, that killer instinct slash focus. And I think... You saw that focus issue a couple times when he's had to call. I think it was offensively in the Knicks game he had to call the timeout the first Knicks game, and then he had to call a timeout a couple minutes into the game last night, and it was because of the defensive side of the ball. Like I find that interesting. Like you coaches? You know, I said I followed Charlie Strong for a couple years, and in- KB he always called it fake juice. I wonder how much a professional coach like Carlisle can say, man, I'm not liking what I'm seeing uh, in the prep or the warm-up or right before the game. Uh, And then the killer instinct, that's what I led with. What bothered me the most is as bad as you've played, okay, as stinky as the game has been, it has four minutes to go and you're down three, Like, go win the game. Go win four minutes of basketball, and you crawl out of Charlotte with the win, and we come in here and say, you played a a D-plus C-minus game, but you dug deep, and Siakam stepped up, or Halliburton or Neesmith, and you go win the game, and we just kind of forget about it, like you mentioned, at 7.30, and we just kind of move on, but the opposite happened. They didn't have the focus, they didn't have the killer instinct, and you know, Bridges goes in and gets an and one You you, you make it a one-possession game, and you allow Charlotte to go right in and score at the rim. Uh, Those are the Things that Carlisle's talking about, and those are the those are the next step things that they're going to just need other guys other than Tyrese Halliburton to be able to do. Days of the plucky underdog Pacers are gone. No, it's done. A- and now you, and it,
2: it's easy for me to sit here from the cheap seats and say, but. You know, you've got to define a standard and play to that standard regardless of your opponent. And again, they've had some great wins. It'd be a wild NCAA tournament resume if you were evaluating the Pacers right now.
1: Oh, my. Look at the quad one and quad two <laughs> they wins. Some quad four wins. Our losses. But they got some yeah. quad four yeah. losses yeah. Yeah, they that are, are,
2: are ugly. <laughs> and, you know, that bites you in an 82 game season to where. You get there and you look at the records and okay, you know are are they out of the play in? All of that stuff is going to matter. And these are the types of teams they will play down the stretch. There's no more Milwaukee. There's no more Boston. There's no more Philly. Um, you just have you've gotten through the brunt of your upper echelon Eastern Conference schedule. Now it's take care of business against a lot of these teams. That again, I think what's so frustrating about last night, Bridges didn't have 40. Brandon Miller was saddle the foul trouble. He didn't go off for thirty five. You just simply let a very balanced Charlotte team, particularly dominate in the second half offensively. They, what, what I say earlier, twenty three of twenty seven on two point shots in the second half. Twenty three yeah. of twenty. And then just one in the fourth quarter. You said, it, wasn't that the I stat mean, you gave? What, to that is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And, and like, there's a lot of that. In the box score from last night. Charlotte was under 30% from three. They were 16 turnovers. And the Pacers (laughs) shot it terrible. I mean, awful from the foul line, awful from three. They got owned on the glass. Um, So, yeah, just a uh, really, really poor performance last night from the Pacers there again. Tomorrow night, 7.30 tip. A little bit later in Toronto. Pascal Siakam return game. Bruce Brown seeing his former team as well. You brought up that Kyle Shanahan question. I do want to... Spin that in the Shane Steichen direction. Okay. On the other side, because I do think there's an element from Sunday night that we saw that reminded me of what Shane
1: Steichen deals with as a head coach. And I do think you can apply that uh, to the Colts. Before we get to a check down, I probably should have prefaced it. I wasn't asking him to crush Shanahan. It's just, it's the main storyline from the Super Bowl. Is—is is, is, are, are the players admitting that they did not know the rules? And so the there's 49ers a, yeah, the plays, 49ers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so there are always rule changes. Maybe not so much as that's a substantial change, right? Yeah, in the, the NFL, is different. that is a it's substantial change. not like you're playing no, in overtime it, it, or whatever. Ex- exactly. But, you know, the players aren't going to know. The coaches have to tell them. Somebody has to tell them. That's what I was getting at with that is, you know, the process of if they change two or three things or the refs are really going to be looking at this thing or that thing. Remember college basketball did a lot of that a few years ago, KB? This is back when Notre Dame was riding high with Mike Bray. Like they they're, they're worried about hand-checking. They just got checking. A big win over
2: Virginia Tech on Saturday. <laughs> hand-checking. I thought about storming the floor. Who they got next. Uh Georgia Tech tomorrow night. Oh, that's a stinky game. At home. Oh, that's a stinky one. But didn't Ooh. Georgia Tech Ooh. beat UNC? Oh, they just lost to Louisville. Uh, sp- speaking of optimistic <laughs> college basketball chatter, let's lead off with the Sycamores <laughs> All right, here. you go ahead on then. the morning check-down. <laughs> They're partying in paradise. The Sycamores of Indiana State for the first time since 1979. They are ranked both the AP and the coaches poll, 23 and 24 respectively. Uh, The Indiana State Sycamores back in action tonight against Illinois State. They are a hefty favorite, 18 and a half points in this one. Seven o'clock tip on ESPN Plus. Our very own Brendan King will be on the call of that. He has been on the call for several Indiana State games this season. Uh, We're going to have him join us here coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. For those curious about Adam Silver today, we were supposed to have him in the 9 o'clock hour. Some weather issues in New York, though, has forced an adjustment in his morning schedule. So hoping to have him here before we get to the All-Star game this week.
1: Yeah, Butler basketball, uh, basketball back in action as well. Butler and Marquette. Did you see the line to this game, by the I way? I saw it opened at three and a half. It's up to four and a half now. Okay, the Golden Eagles favorite. Yeah, yeah. Marquette has won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row. Has Their last Marquette. loss was Butler. The only thing I will say is they haven't beat a tournament team yet in that seven-game stretch. St. John's, who I don't think is a tournament team, they beat them twice. They beat DePaul, Hall, Villanova, and obviously Georgetown is pretty bad this year with the rebuild there. So that'd be the only thing I would say. They have seven wins in a row. That's nice, but it's been against, you know, kind of the mid to bottom level of the Big East.
2: Four on the road, though.
1: I know. 6.30 tip from Hinkle. If you missed it
2: earlier, we gave away a four-pack of tickets. Uh, We'll do one for the Creighton game coming up. Uh, That is a Saturday game for Butler. We'll do that here later in the week. All right, we do have to double back and go to what happened last night in Charlotte. We've defined the ugliness of that one. Uh, Again, every single level to it. Rick Carlisle, we asked him about that timeout two minutes into the game. Andy, first possession. Charlotte beats Indiana off the dribble, I think, three or four different guys. They finally get a layup at the rim. I'm thinking this is going to be the small ball lineup night of, like, the young, long wings that just simply uh, give Pacers fits on that end. That's exactly what happened. But still, it was everything. Poor shooting for Indiana. Could not handle the glass. A season low Two offensive rebounds in that one. The bench was terrible. Uh, just a really poor night. Doug McDermott still has yet to hit a shot here with the Pacers. A couple went in <laughs> and out
1: last night. I didn't feel bad for him. He did have, what, three shots and basically hit every part of the rim. Honestly, it the would highlight not go from in. last night, and, I, and I'm reaching here, okay? The smith dunk. Oh,
2: I forgot about the knee-smith dunk. Okay, the first half oh, highlight.
1: Okay, first half highlight. Chris
2: okay, dropping Swifty to describe a Tyrese Halliburton scoop shot <laughs> off the glass. Now, <laughs> I miss Chris Daenerys does not strike me as this individual. Okay. Do you think someone in the, the Daenerys family says, Chris? Can you get the word Swifty into your broadcast tonight?
1: I think in Chris Daenerys' world, is, there have been swifty. He defines Swifties. class. Yeah. He defines
2: professionalism. <laughs> he is such a man of integrity. <laughs> he does not strike me as... Someone that would stoop to that level, but when he said it, <laughs> stoop to that level. Well, I mean that is that goes against broadcasting one-on-one. Oh, man. There. I don't you know. You know, the All-Star
4: break, you can make a friendly wager. I can yeah, get yeah, that in the broadcast. You, got to, do you, you gotta light it up. Did, do you
2: think he did that, or is that just organic vocab that it's
4: happened not, to creep into his it's, head? It's not
1: organic vocab because. No, I would imagine he watched a Super Bowl and those he he watched it with, perhaps, I don't want to just label it as females, but maybe females in his life, you know, females in his life, perhaps like the Swifty Angle. And so it's pop culture. I'm all all about pop culture. I don't need 100% professionalism in my broadcast. Good God, the man has to do 82 games in the in-season tournament. By the way, Cluster Truck just arrived. Shout out to Evan. Evan, you want to hop on the mic and tell us what we got here? You got to go. Here we go. Evan, Let's go. Grab the microphone. We need
2: to brighten spirits today. Tell people how they can get some great food on Fat Tuesday from from Cluster Truck. This this looks outstanding, Andy. I got ready. the
1: burrito this time. The breakfast burrito. Oh, so mac and I cheese. I think so, at least, if I remember correctly. Two go lazy breakfast burritos, Evan, Parmesan-crusted mac and cheese. Oh, there you go. So excited about that. Okay, so we're giving away the
2: $25 <laughs> gift card. We're doing that all week long again here on the Pop Quiz. For those unfamiliar with Cluster Truck, explain.
4: Yeah, so we are, we are a delivery kitchen, uh, delivery-focused. We do offer pickup. Uh, we deliver everywhere from Fountain Square all the way up through Carmel. Free delivery, and your food is never cooked until the driver's on the way to the kitchen, so everything arrives to you hot and fresh. Uh, never any sitting around waiting under heat lamps, nothing like that.
1: We got churros, too.
4: Yeah, I did. And I Cupid's did throw French in some beans. churros. Oh, look at this.
1: <laughs> okay, so when you delivered last Tuesday. It was very different. I know you talked to JMV about this. JMV got... Fish and rice and broccoli, and you know we were stuffing our face with uh, breakfast burritos, I had queso. Chips and queso at eight forty five <laughs> in the morning.
4: Yeah, now I am more on your guys's level. Uh, I definitely like the the tots, the burritos. Oh yeah, you let, know.
1: Let me give you. We, but it is a wide range
4: to be oh, fair, I very mean, wide, wide range. range. Anything
1: you may want. Uh, I know you got to go, but just just quickly. So uh, we were out with some neighbors on a little pub crawl. Okay, we were at Kismetic. Do you know where that is? Oh okay. yeah, that's and a brewery they, partner and, and, of ours. And, and, okay, and they have your stuff up all over and. So, so we got it. I'm telling you, it ain't no joke. I mean, that food shows up. It is hot. The food. No, it is. I'm it's not, the truth. I, no, it's the that truth. I know that's how you advertise the business, but it is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I crushed a pizza. <laughs> absolutely. I crushed almost the entire pizza. It's Blake t- <laughs> Lively hot from Sunday night, I think, <laughs> if we're going to go back
2: to yesterday. Okay. The fan is our promo code as well. That's 25% off?
5: Correct. 25% off 25 or more. So if you
2: don't call in and get on the pop quiz for that gift card there, the fan is the promo code. 25% Twenty five percent off, twenty five bucks or more. Evan, we needed uh, brightened spirits here on this Tuesday morning. Thank you for providing that. I heard you guys talking about how hungry you are. I'm just happy to. I'm happy to help. You are doing that uh, to the nth degree here, <laughs> Andy Sweeney. The only other item I had here, um, I did see the Pacers announced yesterday. Still a few tickets left for the Celebrity All Star Game, Rising Stars Friday night. I know some people have asked about what they can do or what events they can attend
1: from All Star Weekend. If that interests you at all, Friday night over gamebridge You've got that. Yeah. I, I remember last week us listing the celebrities and sounding old as, as old as well, possible. Who's that? So I did Who that game that? with Maddie, and yeah. she, she knew also looked—
2: No, she oh. was dumbfounded as
1: well. So I'm not that far off. <laughs> so you're calling her ancient like us, well, basically. I, you're I'm roping not her. That. You're ro- <laughs> now, there was one where I was like, who's A.J. McLean? Dude, that's a guy the there been times boys. I yeah. thought
2: that Blake Lively is, is a boy before. So, I, again, oh, I'm not going to act like oh, I am up-to-date in the pop culture scene. <laughs> I would say in the last six months, i have like, oh, that's Blake Lively. Very attractive. Congrats to Ryan Reynolds.
1: <laughs> look <laughs> at, the, look at Mark Dighton on... look at you right now. He's looking at you like a disappointed parent.
2: Swifty by Kristen Tenere last yeah. night. We're going to have to have him on and see if he did that plan or if that was just strictly off the top of the dome. All right, Shane Steichen, what can you learn from the Super Bowl on Sunday night? Touch on that next. Brendan King calling the Sycamores joins us at 9.
1: Yeah, appreciate cluster truck coming in. We uh, we're filling our gullets right now. I need to take a picture of this and send it to JMV. No uh, no steamed rice today.
3: And if you want, whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob two hundred milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: You can get it, but not, not here on the way to the fish order there. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, that should probably be a little bit healthier. New Year's resolution that went immediately down the drain. I'm just kidding. I'll so, start that tomorrow. Yeah, we'll start that tomorrow.
2: $25 gift card, by the way, to Cluster Truck, along with a Dave Matthews pair of tickets for the pop quiz coming up it's in Pretty good. an
1: hour. Yeah, about an hour. Or so, a reminder because of the snow in the Northeast, no Adam Silver today, NBA commissioner. We were slated to have him uh, at about 9 30 this morning. We do hope to get him. Him later this week he'll obviously be in town with all the festivities as well and then the NBA crossover event stuff we are going to be out there on Friday broadcasting live so I might have some fun guests coming your way as well two quick notes on the Super Bowl as we get into some NFL here uh, KB has a question for Shane Steichen uh, so we'll dive into that yeah not ESPN the NFL announcing uh, the most watched Super Bowl no shock here. Across all platforms, a little over 123 mil. We're watching it. All the streaming stuff has set all sorts of records. So uh, everyone happy there with the NFL uh, and CBS. And then Zaire Franklin. Did you see what he tweeted yesterday, KB? No, but I saw him honored at the Super Bowl for being the Walter Payton Man of the Year for the Colts. He was. He was there. He had the uh, he had the Indianapolis Colt gear on and everything else. He tweeted out yesterday at 1 p.m. Vegas one. Ooh, oh, boy. <laughs> My hand is raised. Been there before, Zaire. So I'm sure Zaire has a much different experience... Than we do in Vegas. But, uh, he, Mahomes
2: drinking the coarse light in the club is not what I had on the old. <laughs> um, that's not how I expect most quarterbacks to celebrate their Super Bowl win, but uh, good for Mr. Mahomes.
1: You have to, uh, you have to take it slow sometimes. So I love that from Zaire Franklin. Vegas one <laughs> brother, we've all been there at one time or another. All right, give me the Shane Steichen well, stuff.
2: I, I think what do you learn from Sunday night? And it might be low hanging fruit, but the reactions to the 49ers players and the Chiefs players. And knowing the overtime rules, I've been pretty struck by that. And I bring up Steichen because Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are two head coaches that take on the play calling duties. A lot is on their plate. And, you know, we just heard Rick Carlisle say, you know, he delegates Mike Weiner, one of their assistants, to being the rule guy. And, you know, Shane Steichen, I know, does an exercise, as probably most NFL teams, every Friday, they drum up a handful of plays situations that are very unique that have happened in the previous week in the NFL and they show their team those plays. They want them to say, you know, okay, this isn't you know third and four and whatever two minutes ago in the first quarter. this is a end of half situation, end of game situation. This is why they elected to run out the clock like this or they opted for a safety here. you know just you know, little things that you might feel like never arise in a game. But when they do, is your team prepared for that? And I look at Sunday night and hear Chris Jones being like, oh yeah, uh, we knew we were going to kick off, and we knew if we scored a touchdown, we would go for two. Like, it wouldn't have even gotten to a third possession. Right. The Chiefs weren't going right. to allow that. Either they were going to win or lose with the two-point and, conversion. And that
1: seemingly all that Kyle Shanahan cared about but is Shanahan, the third possession exactly. of the overtime period. Yeah. Now,
2: part of me want to think, well, if you get in a fourth and 12 from the 35-yard line, are you really going right. to go for it, or are you going to kick the... Kick the field goal there, but still, you hear the 49ers players—they had no idea, or at least the vast majority of them did not know the overtime rules. So think about the two-minute media timeout, three-minute media timeout from regulation to overtime. While the Chiefs were sitting there on their Microsoft surfaces preparing for the next possession, there's an element on the 49ers sideline of looking up at the jumbotron, being like, "Oh, the rules are different. Wait, what did Bill Vinovich just say? We're starting a new game." And, like, now word of mouth on that sideline is explaining to guys what the rules are. And if that creeps into on-field, maybe you take an angle on third and eight that's a little different. You are saying, no, we could play for the field goal here. Like, we just need to simply hold them, and we're going to be fine in that moment. That's a very slippery slope to get in. So, again, a credit to Andy Reid for whatever. He has somebody on his staff or him. Alerting the players, whether it's back in training camp or throughout the week, when we get to the playoffs, if the game goes into overtime, this is our plan of attack so you're ready for it. The 49ers, were not. If it impacts them in any way, that could be the difference. And I think if you're Shane Steichen, you watch that happen, and it's another reminder of, I need to make sure my team is abreast of all this stuff. Even though a lot is on my plate as the play caller and the head coach. You cannot, cannot have those situations arise where all the emotion and all the pressure is rising in these big moments and you don't know how the hell overtime goes.
1: Well, then you throw something. I mean, that's a big deal. And it's not like it's just an offensive thing. No. no, it's, no. it's very much a both sides I would of argue the football. It might be even more, more defense. You absolutely could. I, I I have been surprised. I am surprised because I respect Kyle Shanahan quite a bit. I think he's a good coach. I am stunned that that this is A, that it's the case that they did not know, and B, that the players said it out loud, right? I mean, they admitted their their ignorance right. the team's ignorance the coaching staff the players uh, and everything else so yeah i'm i'm stunned that that well, is and and make no mistake about it kb it's the comp, besides the chiefs dynasty it's the number one storyline from the super bowl uh is that right there is the 49ers looking like buffoons and, and i'm surprised by it for
2: example late in that first overtime period the time almost ran out and you know, I think there were some people that are like, "Wait, oh, wait, why are they taking up so much time?" And it's like, no, no, no. The only reason that time is really on the clock is to change sides of the field. And and for for an indoor stadium it doesn't really matter. But if you're outdoors, obviously there's some weather at play. It, it, it would have mattered. But I bring that up to say this: Vinovich starts overtime, saying, and he's the head uh, ref, saying, "Okay, all challenges will come from the booth, and we're starting a new game." So if you're Brock Purdy and you run out there with three timeouts. Those timeouts you can use them for any sort of late play clock situation. Oh sure, if you don't like, sure. you don't need to save timeouts for the end of the overtime period to try and preserve time. You don't need to save timeouts to potentially challenge plays. None of that. You can use, you know, hey, if that play clock gets down to four, and all of a sudden Kansas City and Spagnuolo have done something differently pre snap, boom, take the timeout and move on. If you watch the third and four, the final San Francisco play before they settle for the field goal, it is a clear pass protection bust. Chris Jones is. Free. If you go back and watch that play, San Francisco's interior three offensive linemen, they all kind of like go to the left and block really just one Chiefs defender. If there's one Chiefs defender you need to block, <laughs> block him. It's yeah. Chris Jones. Yeah. And Brandon Ayuk is He's wide, open. wide open. He's wide open. Well, Jerry right. Sneed has slipped and fell. Ayuk has no one within 10, 15 yards of him. And if that is a moment there where all of a sudden, Pre-snap, Purdy's like, wait, I think they're on the same page, but I'm not 100% sure. Boom, fire off that timeout, because really, timeouts didn't matter from a actual time standpoint of preserving you know, the final minute to go in overtime, because whatever, you'd give up possession at the end of OT. So, uh, it might seem like a little thing, but I think it matters. And to me, it's a great moment for Shane Steichen on his couch to sit there and say, all right, boom. These are the things we need to go over. These are the things we need to make sure our team knows. So when you get in the biggest moment with all the pressure and your head is just going a million miles per hour and it's spinning and the crowd noise and you're thinking, oh my gosh, we're in the overtime of the Super Bowl, you know what the hell's going on. Well, the
1: last thing you want in those situations is to add an unknown factor and to add more anxiety to what is already going on, like you said, when you're in overtime uh, in the Super Bowl. I did see yesterday... Uh, Tiki Barber does the games on CBS. He was waxing poetically about how he doesn't like that the that the that the uh, the, the the clock there doesn't mean anything uh, because the clock adds pressure, right? And he talked about that. This is for a, di- a different time, uh, but I had not heard that conversation because I'm fine with so it. So he you thinks know. at the end of the period, the possession well, should go to the other team. Well, I, I don't know what he thinks. Yeah, I mean, well, you you gotta someone's got to win the game, right? He can't mean, end, in you can't, end you can't end twenty to twenty. Okay, it's the damn Super Bowl or the playoffs. So I'm interested if if they'll tinker with it. I think. You know, big picture for me, and these are easy things with Shane Steichen, um, but it's just, you know, it's so, if you believe in, hey, when it came down to it, Patrick Mahomes showed his greatness, whereas, you know, Brock Purdy had chances to show that greatness, and he did not— It goes back to so very much the quarterback position, right? You know, making it without, you know, having the rest of the team lift up the quarterback, which is kind of what the Niners have done, even though I'm not a Brock Purdy hater. You know, that's one thing that we just didn't get too much data because of the injuries to Richardson. And then the other thing I would say is um, just... Defense matters, man. I mean, you have seen the dynasty of the Patriots. You have seen now the dynasty of the Chiefs say, we have issues on the offensive side of the football. We need to be able to win games by our defense winning some games. And so I'm not saying that Shane Steichen isn't attached to the defense, even though he is the play caller on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, we've talked about Gus Bradley those sorts of things matter, and I know this year the Colts had some games where the where the offense or the defense won them games. You know, you think of Carolina, you think of New England. I know those are bad teams, but, you know, the defense was able to do that. I'm Shane Syke, and I'm watching Andy Reid win a Super Bowl. Andy Reid is a genius on the offensive side of the football, but you know what won them the game? You know what got them to the playoffs in Super Bowl? Their defense being at an elite level, and I think that's worth remembering you know, when you go into an offseason and wonder, hey, is the best we can do Gus Bradley? In this state, we will
2: watch two NCAA tournament teams tonight on the hardwood and an upcoming news item for the Colts, arguably their biggest one this offseason. We'll explain more on the other side.
1: Little, uh, Michael Pittman conversation coming your way. Uh, we'll talk some Indiana State basketball coming up at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. I don't know if you saw this stat or not, KB. Tyrese Halliburton already in his young, young career here in the NBA. 4,000 points, 2,000 assists before turning the age of 24. Do you want me to read you who else is on oh, this boy. list? Some pretty good uh, names besides Halliburton, okay? Uh, Luca is on the list. Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Kevin Johnson, John Wall, Mike Bibby, Magic Johnson, Chris Paul, Isaiah Thomas, Trey Young, Stephon Marbury and Tony Parker. <laughs> That's not too bad of a list to be on again 4000 points I over 2000 like assists Bibby after
2: eating cluster truck right here yes, at 8:30 in the morning here. <laughs> That's great, man. This burrito's fantastic. Outstanding. Uh, Pacers back in action tomorrow night. Again, 830 tip, or excuse me, 730 tip north of the border. We talked about Michael Pittman Jr. a lot earlier in the show, but I wanted to remind our audience, Andy, one week from today, that's when a two-week window opens for the franchise tag. So for two weeks, from February 20th to March 5th, teams can apply the franchise tag to a player. What does that mean? If the Colts give Michael Pittman Jr. the franchise tag, he is under contract for the 2024 season. He's here for a year. Typically, with the projections, it looks like that tag would run a little bit north of 20 million. It's per about twi- year. about 21.7 I think is the number I saw this morning. Yes. And if you look at kind of his what the market value would call for a player like Pittman, some people tend to think the average would be a little bit north of that. So if you were to give him a 4-year deal, for example, you'd be looking at whatever, 22, 23 million annually. So the tag can do a lot of things. It can help you keep a player before free agency let you have a nice four- or five-month window to work out a long-term deal. It could keep the player just for one year, and then they hit that open market. Um, So those are some of the avenues the Colts can explore with the tag. Again, to remind people, the tag is an average of the five largest salaries from the prior year at that player's position, or 120% of the prior year's salary of that player. Whichever's greater. Well, Pittman's on a rookie deal, so obviously the first one is greater, the average of the five largest salaries in that prior year from the player's uh, specific position. That's why wideout you see so high compared to other ones there. Um, so it is a tool the Colts can use. They have not used it in over a decade. A two-week window. March 5th is the deadline. February 20th is when it starts. Free agency begins March 13th. So we're starting to get to the calendar where things are going to pick up and we could get an answer. There's a lot of questions the Colts have on free agency. Oh, sure. Grover Stewart, yeah. Over the next few weeks, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman, Grover Stewart. Hell, their punter is a free agent. Rigoberto Sanchez. (laughs) Taekwon Lewis had a really nice year. Gardner Minshew, Zach Moss. I mean, again, it is a lengthy list, but the Pittman answer could very well come here, or there's some answer we're going to get is probably
1: the best way to put it. The next step in the process of what do they do here? They have to have
2: some sort of
4: action by March 5th. If you're a Colts player, maybe you do want to be franchise tag. Look what, what happened to Pat McAfee. (laughs) Well, I think, <laughs> He's I think, a star in this country well, I, I because think, he got franchise you know cap. that
1: That's the thing. Don't like, tell that to Pat. He be, absolutely hated people it. May, people may say, and tell me if I'm wrong here, people may say, hey, well, what about Grover Stewart? You know, you could you could franchise him. But then you start looking at, you know, his value compared to the top interior defensive linemen and those top contracts, you know, the average of those. You know, Aaron Donald's making 32 mil a year. Uh, Jeffrey Simons, 23 and a half. You know, Quinton Williams, 24. You know, you can go through it. The Giants are paying Dexter Lawrence. 23, nearly 23, so it makes more sense to play Pittman 21 because he's probably worth 23 than overpay at other positions. I think
2: Kenny Moore or Grover Stewart getting the franchise tag would be too much of an overpay. I totally agree. They totally are, agree. They are just kind of on the verge, not there in that group, but they're a little bit behind. Some age for Grover. Again, Kenny, yeah, just still not at that exact Pro Bowl Level. All right, on the other side, a man that's called a whole lot of Indiana State basketball this season. The Sycamores are ranked. He'll be on the call tonight. He's our very own Brendan King. He joins us.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Jalen, he surely needs – he's one of the guys uh, that needs the rest of the All-Star break, and they're kind of worried about Matherin. I mean, Carlisle did say sound worried about, you know, he had been ill. He didn't look right last um, night. He didn't look right last night, so he said maybe he won't play. So we'll see uh, what happens there as well. Pacers and Raptors coming up tomorrow night right here on The Fan. All right, let's – you know, there's been some, some good stories and some bad stories in local college basketball, and one of the great stories is what is going on at great Indiana story. State. Indiana State in action tonight against Illinois State In a man who will be on the call there for ESPN+. His name is Brendan King, and he joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. BK, good morning, man. How are you? What's up, fellas?
5: Uh, listen, I've never been sandwiched between a Hall of Fame basketball coach and the commish, so I'll do my best to take <laughs> well, you
1: to silver.
2: Well, you still uh, aren't. Yeah. yeah. yeah we yeah. got some bad news for S- you. Silver
1: had to cancel last oh, no. second. Yeah, but it was funny. No, it was. It, it was it would have been funny. Yes, it's if like you were the sandwiched. ISEP test Brendan, like what doesn't belong <laughs> here? Rick Carlisle, Adam
2: Silver, Brendan King. Nothing against you, but
5: No. I uh, I actually was gonna send you a meme. It's like the three dragons, two looking serious, one looking dumb. I'm the dumb one, and they're the they're the serious ones. But hey, maybe another time. Well, now now that uh, you
1: know, we we'll hope to have Silver on later in the week. Now we'll just keep it the entire hour. So get ready. Uh, we're gonna pepper you with uh, pepper you with uh, Indiana State uh, and Butler questions, I guess along uh, of the way. Brendan King joining us here on the show. Uh, so Indiana State back in the top twenty five since Larry Bird. I'm sure this will be a conversation piece they're huge favorites tonight 18 19 point favorites over illinois state but you got to think hey we're in the top 25 we got to make sure you know we don't blow this and we don't mess this up immediately has uh, i guess if illinois state were to keep this close tonight how would they do so brendan well that's the thing right andy because when you get A lot
5: of times this happens when a team gets to the number one spot in the country. And unfortunately it's happened to Purdue a couple of times where you get to that point and you lose right away. So, yeah, I mean, you got to prove it for sure. The thing with Illinois state, their head coach, Ryan Peden, who was a Butler assistant when I was going to school um, at Butler, and he's a great dude, but they're dealing with all kinds of injury problems. Their leading scorer, uh, Darius Burford has been out. Jordan Davis, who is actually Johnny Davis's twin He's been out, too. He transferred in from Wisconsin. So they're playing a couple freshmen, but they just lost a heartbreaker on the road at Southern Illinois where they were down 19. They get back within three or four, and they lose that game by three. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of, everybody in the Indiana state lineup guys is shooting 30% plus from deep, including their center, Robbie Avila, who I'm sure we'll talk about. The, sure. the college Jokic is what he's been called. And, you know, even a guy like Jason Kent, who is known more as an inside player and plays inside three point line, you know, he's shooting 32% from three. So uh, should be a fun environment in the Holman center where expecting a sellout. And, Um, Again, like you said, Andy, just got to take care of business if you're a Sycamore fan.
2: Yeah, watching that game against Drake, Brendan uh, Kent was outstanding on the glass in that one there. He's kind of one of those you know, maybe smaller mid-major big guys if you even want to label him as that. Again, Brendan King is with us. You certainly hear him on these airwaves, the play-by-play man for the South Bend Cubs. He's called several Indiana State games this year. He'll be on the call tonight, ESPN+. Uh, Brendan and Matt Ren have got you from Paradise. Okay, Brendan, for our audience out there that is yet to see an Indiana State game, yet to see the Sycamores mm-hmm. play, just describe stylistically what you watch when you see the Sycamores and Josh Hurts.
5: It's pretty, first of all. I mean, getting to watch their practices is pretty cool. And I'm going to head out a little early, watch a little shoot around action, too. It's a pretty mix, Kev, of outside shooting, and then something that you just don't see a lot anymore. It's almost a point-forward type effect because they'll let a guy like Isaiah Swope, former Castle High School man, started at Southern Indiana. Actually, last year, Swope dropped 28 against Indiana State, beat them, and transferred in this season. And then a guy like Ryan started Pike, and South Florida first, and he's averaging just over 15 a game now just had 28 big-time points in their prior game. But as much as the outside shooting is prevalent for ISU guys, it's Avila running the point almost from a center spot, and he's doing spinoramas at the (laughs) elbow. He's dropping off to cuts for Kent. And, Kevin, that was the guy you brought up earlier, Jason Kent, of in that Michigan State game earlier this season, which – was one of their few losses. Robbie Robbie Hummel, excuse me, uh, called Jason Kent arguably a top three cutter in the country. Uh, the Missouri Valley is full of teams that build their offenses around cutting. It's a little old school, and it's cool to watch. So if you've never watched an Indiana State game, Jason Kent he can shoot from a corner, but he is great at cutting at the baseline, and it's usually Avila. That's finding him, and the stat of that night from that Michigan State game plays that result in a Jason Kent cut. This is like major Ken Palm. I don't even know how you find this. We're nerding out plays, right here. Yeah, plays that result in a Jason Kent cut have an 80% field goal percentage. So uh, wow. I would go to that often if I'm Josh uh, it's. <laughs> Yeah, that's some
1: advanced analytics right there. I like that. That I like that crew. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I mean, when you say beautiful, I I know it might sound a little stupid, but like you know, there are some people that don't love the college basketball game because they don't feel like it is the greatest brand of basketball. But you watch Indiana State. It is beautiful basketball in how you watch them, their ability to cut, uh, how they space the floor. Um, it's really fun to watch. Again, Brendan King is with us here. Obviously, you hear him on these airwaves. He's got the call tonight, Indiana State and Illinois State from Terre Haute. Uh, was this expected at all? I, I mean, uh, a, a ranking, Brendan, it's probably way too premature to have said that. But, like, I guess what was the thought preseason, Mo Val? Because, I mean, there's part of me, I'm a sucker for the sentimental story. I mean, that town was robbed of a Super Regional last Mm -hmm. spring. I know you know that story pretty well with, you know, the scheduling issues and the logistical nightmare they had, and they had to go play at TCU when their baseball team advanced to the Super Regional. So I love the story, but I guess did we think this was a possibility even in the preseason?
5: I couldn't even fathom it. And, I mean, guys, I'm super lucky because this opportunity to even start doing some games for them – came from their baseball team. That was the story of campus, uh, and it still is, right? I mean, they're a, they're an NCAA tournament college World Series capable college baseball team with Mitch Hanna's running the show, and they are expecting themselves internally to be back there. But, yeah, I mean, I start, I've i done six or seven of these games, Kevin, and many of them have been with Matt Redd, of course, an Indiana State Hall of Famer. And, yeah, I'm going to go see Matt a little bit later, You know, that's a guy that played in two NCAA tournaments, but he was never part of a top 25 roster, which is crazy to say. Again, this is the first game for Indiana State ranked since 1979, as you said, Andy, with Larry Bird. So I don't think you can even fathom that. I mean, their second game of the year was down at Alabama. They got blitzed by 22. Now, to be fair, Avila didn't play. But then they just started winning. They went to their feast week tournament in Vegas and be it, they didn't play crazy competition. It wasn't anything like Atlantis or Maui or whatever, but you know, they won three in a row there. They got off to a good start in non-conference play. Um, You know, they lost at Michigan state. They beat ball state in that Indy classic, right? So they just kind of got off on the right foot. They seem really bought into shirts and I think I think that's another conversation in itself, guys, like depending on where they go and how they do, especially next month, uh, Josh shirts could be a pretty hot commodity. Sure. Well, without world. question. Now, now I, you know, that's still to be told, right? I mean, you got to get there. You probably got to win a few games. But hey, if, if I'm a team in the Big Ten and I'm struggling or I don't know if you're a bottom tier big east team i mean that's a you see what indiana state's doing right now offensively you're like i want a, i want a piece of that right
1: Right now, bracketology. This is just Joe Lenardi. Now he has him as the automatic qualifier. He has him right. as an 11 seed playing the 6 seed in Kentucky. <laughs> that'd be a, <laughs> that'd be a juicy matchup. We even had we even had the conversation if they could get to the eight God, nine. That would be awesome if they beat Kentucky. Oh, that uh, that would be awesome. By the way, Kentucky's lost three straight in Rupp Arena for the first time since 1966. Josh shirts to Lexington. <laughs> Calling it now. Right, you you're you're waiting to drop that one in this interview. <laughs> you? you better believe it. The other thing about Matt Wren is and I'm trying to find the exact year I went to the NCAA tournament in Memphis Brendan when it was at the old Ooh. pyramid if you remember I think the pyramid now is a bass pro shop uh, if I'm not mistaken but the old pyramid that's when and KB you'll love these names Calvin Sampson was still in Oklahoma and I remember uh, Jay Rich Jason Richardson was the big was the big player at Michigan State uh, if you remember those things and Indiana State beat one of those teams and I'm trying to find it because you know it was probably like 98 or something like that I I was like 13, 14, 15 years old. Sometimes uh, I feel like going to the tournament Oklahoma
2: one of those years. Yeah, but I, think, I, but pr- I could be wrong. I'm
1: pretty sure it was it, it was Oklahoma, and I just remember eating a bunch of na- a bunch of barbecue nachos in Memphis. That, that's that's all that I did. Uh, Brandon King with us here. Uh, on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Where do you stand on this team being an automatic qualifier? Do you think they can drop a game and still uh, still make it as an at-large? I mean, that is now the pressure that's going to be on this team the rest of February and into March, I would imagine.
5: Yeah, that's a good question, and that's really the question of the month. And truthfully, I don't know. I I think tonight will tell us a lot, guys. Just in how you come out as a top 25 school, because as mentally strong as they are, and again, I you know I've done enough of these games, I've watched enough of these practices, it really is a fun group to be around. They love each other, and it, that's you know cliche to say, but it really is a closely knit group. But I mean, you take a peek at the remaining schedule, um, you know, it's some bottom. Of the barrel Missouri Valley teams. Now, I think February 28th, random Wednesday at Evansville. That kind of screams tough game to me. Uh, David Ragland does a great job down at Evansville, and that's a program that's just getting built. And, you know, your last game, Senior Day against Murray State. But, you know, the next three after this one, Southern Illinois, Valparaiso, UIC, UIC. I think that's pretty manageable but again I think tonight will tell us a lot and you know you mentioned that bracketology report Andy I was looking at the at the same exact thing Kentucky in the first round would be wild, <laughs> and then on the other side of that bracket, there's Illinois slash Vermont waiting, and then Texas is in there, North Carolina. I mean, there's no easy path. I know JMV is counting his blessings because what was it a couple years, uh, a couple weeks ago, Lenardi had them playing Florida Atlantic first round. That that would be nightmare scenario for JMV.
2: <laughs> yeah, we need them to avoid Purdue. We don't need any stupid seven ten Indiana State Butler either spread out the state teams yeah we we we, we can and honestly the person that probably can't have it more than any is our guest right now he is Brendan King of course you hear them on these air uh, on these airwaves and tonight he'll be on the call seven o'clock from Terre Haute Indiana State and Illinois State Brendan for those unfamiliar with your Butler connection I don't know if I have the fraternity right but are you still living in Delta Tau Delta on Butler's campus
5: so I didn't expect to get roasted at 9.15 a.m. But, yes, I'm currently doing this interview from a fraternity house. That's right.
2: <laughs> now, oh, I- yeah. explain for our audience out there uh, what your job entails. And you have to be the only human being awake in that place right now, right?
5: Oh, uh, pr- well, probably. So I am uh, I the house dad at uh, my old fraternity. I have done this, Kevin. Actually, when we were doing shows together, I was just getting started doing that. So, it's already been three years, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I like to say I'm the only broadcaster in professional baseball that lives in a frat house, and uh, <laughs> we are we are, <laughs> we are going on three years doing it. At, no, in all seriousness, this is uh, it. Sounds crazy, but it is the best gig ever. Um, the our house here on campus it has like its own section of the house; it's its own apartment. And I get to live in it, and uh, it's a house of 63 fellas, and uh, th- they do great stuff. I'm very, I'm a very proud house dad. Can I say that?
2: <laughs> I absolutely love it. There's no better story than the man that's calling Indiana State basketball. Also, the house dad at I'm Butler. Stunned. And, I'm
1: stunned. right now. By the way, and the dogs are on their you way to the tourney. That? No, Brendan, I I had absolutely oh, no idea. Oh, you didn't know I, this? I had no idea, oh, and yeah? so you're yeah. talking. So everybody in town knows this by now. The worst I, 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 in the world. I know nothing. I know nothing, and so KB asked that question. I'm amazed. You're answering the question. I'm thinking about... The nineteen different follow-ups I might have to this, and then Kevin goes, yeah, "We can break, we can break." I'm like, "Break!" We, I mean, to hell with Indiana State. This is the most important thing that I've found out since I've lived here since He's August. Kick a Keystone Light can <laughs> I'm on, on his way to yeah. his
2: car here on this Tuesday morning as he
4: heads good out to you. Terre Haute. I,
1: I love that. No more keg stands. I got to
4: broadcast. Well,
1: tomorrow. I mean, that, that was my follow-up. Is someone ever get in trouble? You got to be the bad guy. Are you always the good guy? You got to be the bad guy occasionally
5: um yeah i mean you gotta I, i'm the cool guy you know okay. I feel like i'm the good i'm the good cop because uh there's the guys that actually own the house that are usually the bad cop gotcha um, okay i i hope i hope they don't not pay me this month because i uh i said that but um yeah i mean i, I don't know it's, it's, i didn't expect to answer these questions to be honest with you but i'd like uh uh you know i I graduated less than 10 years ago, so I understand what they're going through, if sure. you know what I'm saying.
1: I know what you're saying. When, I like that. When do you
2: head out to Arizona for a little spring training action?
5: Uh, yeah, I'm going to be out there the second week of March. It's pretty cool. The Cubs prospects are playing the White Sox prospects in like this specially designed prospect game. And um, it's, cool it's going to be nationally televised, and i um, going to be out there for that. get to catch some of our guys playing in the game, and... You know, hopefully, uh, Mark Dykston. by that time, uh, Cody Bellinger will be back in Cubby Blue. Oh, please. We and then add home. a few more. Boy.
4: You need to add more, not just add Bellinger. You need Blake Snell or somebody. Come on now. Well, <laughs> one, one at a time here, my man. <laughs> well, you you signed Bellinger and you're back to square one. You're back to where you were last season.
1: You need to add.
4: We've gone
2: everywhere going. with Brendan
4: We're King also today. putting Brendan
1: in a bad spot. It's <laughs> like, talk about the uh, fraternity house and what happens. Hey, talk about the Cubs prospects and how they need to get more free yeah, agents.
5: Andy, this was this was the entirety of the show when I was on it, so don't worry.
2: The first time ranked in 45 years. He will be on the call tonight. Brendan King calling the Sycamores of Indiana State. And we are uh, well-versed here with a little fraternity talk about his dogs as well. Uh, and, of course, the South Bend Cubs coming up here in a few weeks. BK, always enjoy the conversations, man. Love to see the continued great success. You deserve it. And I can't wait to be tuning in tonight.
5: Thanks, fellas. Please do not teepee the house
2: while I'm gone. <laughs> Brendan King, house dad <laughs> house on dad. Butler's I campus. I mean, Good for him. I mean, think about that. That's great. Uh, house dad of an
1: NCAA tournament team. <laughs> so and, now, and
2: he's on the call for another NCAA tournament team.
1: See, I, I don't know these things. And people are like, you didn't know that? I'm like, no. How would I ever know that? Unless you guys tell me, how would I know? I, I'm like the 49ers players and you're Kyle Shanahan. Someone's got to gotta tell me.
2: To be fair, Brendan King does not give off house dad fraternity <laughs> vibes, uh, no, does he?
1: Not. Not at all. If I were to say... He's a great would, human. Who would be the stereotypical house dad? Perhaps R.A. I know it could be stereotyping. It would not be B.K. Good for him, though. It's a good gig tonight,
4: too. Was he, does he have leather patches on his elbows? I want to know that. For like his for his, house,
2: his frat dad <laughs> suits. He gets one new one each year. Uh-huh. Just adds to it. For the team photo. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, Brendan <laughs> King right there on the Payless stickers hotline. He was nerding out for a minute. Can I nerd out here? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Indiana State... Is ranked twentieth in the net. Yes,
1: yeah, they are. That's ahead of a bunch of big time Power Five teams. Now,
2: am I crazy, or did I hear the committee come out a couple years ago be like, "We don't do the net. We don't. We, we don't pay"? Or am I wrong? Well, on they, that? they
1: don't only look at the net because otherwise people you could, thought the net was. gospel. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise you could just go down the line and say, "Okay, the net one, two, three, four, one seeds, two seeds, three Because if you go down that seeds, seeds, line, oh, Indiana like a fi- State's a five yeah, seed. Yeah, they're a five seed. Yeah. I, I and, just, and, and we sure as hell know they're not going to be no damn five seed. No, even but, if they win the conference. No, but I, I I look
2: at it and think, and he brought up a great point. Like Robbie via didn't play in that Alabama game. That's one of their three losses. Not to say they would have won the game, but I'm like, I mean, if they go thirty and three, if they run the table, aren't they? Aren't they a seven? Boy,
1: I, you, I went, know. you I, went eight I, nine last week. I I'd think. have to
2: crunch numbers a little bit more on it, but. I, I mean, they don't they're don't. they not going to be
1: a seven. They have no They'll bad find losses, right?
2: Michigan State and Alabama Correct. away from home and Drake away from home. Drake looks like a team that's very much right there as a whatever, a top 70
1: team. No, the, ha- the only losses they have are quad one teams. The, right. Everything in the quad two, three, and four, they're undefeated in. So, so yeah, no just, bad losses. I don't see
2: like a seed line loss. Like you see this off. Sure. Of, you know, whatever. If Purdue were to lose to... Penn State coming up, or I'm just throwing out a team here. Boom, that drops Purdue. And Purdue's a bad example because they have so many quad one wins. It doesn't matter here. But if you're a middle of the pack, four or five seed, one loss could do that to you. I, I don't, I, I'm trying not to be like overly optimistic about it, but I just look at the Indiana State resume. And yes, they need a hold serve, and they've got a bunch of, you know, freaking, you know, craters really the rest of the way in terms of you got to avoid all I mean tonight. It would be a bad loss. You're an 18 point favorite at home. So, you got to avoid it, but still.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you go look at their net, their net ranking is higher than Wisconsin, Michigan State, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Texas Tech, FAU, you know, Clemson, Virginia, Florida, Notre Dame. Somebody wants Andy to go to the Terre Haute game. They <laughs> wait, said, say, wait, Andy how, to Why, why did you tonight? throw in Notre Dame? <laughs> I just threw him in. I They've got eight why. wins. I know. I just threw him in. I'll see if anyone noticed. And I, I you seeing say?
2: this in our YouTube chat that um, ESPN. Uh, sent a crew here to college game day shout uh-huh. out to mk sykes a huge indiana state
1: fan oh, so we they? could be getting that on saturday college game day segment mm-hmm. on indiana state oh i'm sure now i i believe the actual college game day is i believe it's in lexington this coming saturday th- th- this coming saturday yeah i was in the fake what? game day is what you're saying well no they no, 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 Ron, just look. do a segment within the gotcha. show yeah i'm good with that yeah i think it's uh i think it's yeah it's auburn kentucky no it's at auburn uh, so the homo- so Bruce Pearl will have no shirt on, basically.
4: He, do you know, he also <laughs> wants you to go to Terradice. He's like, Andy I'd should go to Terradice. I'd, I'd love to Dice. go to Terradice. Yeah, have him crash at yeah. Brendan's
1: frat house afterwards. Oh, man, boy, that's well, no, no, great. No, 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 no. Well, the
4: frat is at Butler. Is at Butler, yeah. Yeah, I know. But Brendan's got to get home. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so bring Andy with him. Do you hey, want Andy to do the show the next morning or not? <laughs> yeah, from the from the frat house.
1: <laughs> hey, I need a comrade. Well, I, I,
2: <laughs> I, I do believe JMV and Greg Rakeshaw are heading to Terre Haute here in a few weeks, so maybe you could tag along.
1: Uh, see, I don't know. So, Rakestraw, I mean, he's kind of cheating on you. Then with JMV, are they going to have the same, you know, drive? Oh, Rakestraw's and... a man of the people. Yeah, I, I mean, you know,
2: does anyone really want to go to a Notre Dame Citadel game? Hell, they <laughs> oh, lost by twenty. Wait.
1: You did go. to Maybe Rakestraw's the bad juju. Game. Maybe
2: Indiana State might lose that one. It's JMV a great. Should point. Watch out.
1: Which uh, Which game are they going to? Do you know? You may have just said. I didn't I hear for, you. What What name oh, me the weekday y- opponents? Y- uh, maybe the maybe UIC would they go to them? Yeah, yeah, no, that's on a know, Saturday. That's on a Saturday. Somebody different. Uh, the only, okay, so everything else at home is on a Saturday. They end the season against Murray State. That's on a Saturday. So, now,
2: they do their tournament early, right? The MoVal? Uh,
1: they do. They do it a week early, if I'm not they, mistaken. They're on that CBS right.
2: Sunday, the week before Selection Sunday. Would so we be, will know. Maybe they're going lot. to Evansville. Yeah, I was going
4: to say, would they be going to the Evansville yeah. game? That's a Wednesday night. Is if, it in Terre Haute? No,
2: it's in, no it's in Evansville. Well, I can't imagine that. that the only you other option You don't think they're going, going the all the way over there. This is horrible radio. It is bad radio. <laughs> <Rake> <laughs> Where are JMV and rake Where
4: <laughs> in the world are
2: JMV and rake going? <laughs>
1: Again,
2: I, I, I am optimistic that right now we're looking at a couple tournament teams here in Indiana State and Butler, both of them in action tonight to Brendan King, who you just heard on the call. Coming up in a few, we'll do the pop quiz, so we'll open those phone lines now. 317-239-1070. Pair of tickets, June twenty eighth to Dave Matthews Band, and as we sit here and look at this immaculate and have eaten some of this outstanding Cluster Truck food, how about a twenty five dollar gift card to a Cluster Truck? Again, free delivery from Fountain Square through Carmel. Uh, the Fan is our promo code as well. So if you don't get on the line and uh, do a or get a gift card, the Fan with the promo code twenty five percent off an order of twenty five dollars or more. Okay, thank you here, MK Sykes. Yeah, he just tagged me in this tweet about the ESPN uh production crew at um God, I love Indiana State's jerseys.
1: Oh yeah, the light blue ones Oh, fantastic. I love them. No, it's a it's a great Their I think Their practice jerseys ha, are cool. Have you said that? It's a great uh Panama City with the boys spring break jersey to yeah. wear. Oh yeah. It really yeah, is. Yeah, the Larry
2: Bird is a yeah, must. It and really I is. I love the
1: state of Indiana's the mm-hmm. eye and all of that.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Tournament time. All right, uh, let's lead off a morning checkdown with an ugly night in Charlotte.
1: All right, not a good one last night in Charlotte, like you said, KB. 111-102, That was your final. The Pacers lose and they fall now to thirty and twenty five on the season. Rick Carlisle, we need to be
0: killers. When you're going from a team that's a lottery team and you're and you're working to become a playoff team, I mean, you, you've got to learn to be killers. And you know, we just we just weren't we weren't. We didn't have that killer edge tonight.
1: No, they didn't. And again, I, I've been harping. You know, four minutes to go, you're down three. Go win the game. It's been a bad game, but go win the game. Now, we also saw Tyrese the most minutes he's played since coming back from that hammy injury 34 uh, minutes, only 13 points, did have the 12 assists. Halliburton postgame on the team growing up.
0: I mean, at some point as a group, we got to grow up. I got to play better. We just got to play better top to bottom. Uh, I think we just got to mature as a group. We got to win these games. Um, we got one more game before all-star breaks. so I want to push it the right way.
2: I mean, they're bad. They were just so bad from the start. I mean, the first possession, Charlotte just whips some three guys, beat Pacers players off the dribble, boom, layup, timeout by Carlisle two minutes later. Andy, the offense stunk, the defense, no rebounding whatsoever, um, the bench was terrible. Top to bottom, He, he he's right. I mean, the starters, sh- sure, but they really, I don't think, were the major culprit. I thought the bench was terrible. Again, Rick Carlisle said with us last uh, hour, sounds like Benedict Matherin dealing with not only a little bit of a physical issue, he looked beyond lethargic to me. McConnell was not anywhere near his normal self. Ugly, ugly, ugly loss for the Pacers last night. And if the playoffs started today, you'd be in the play-in. Yeah, that that's how crowded things are. Let's do the math. Math on the radio is never good. Thirty and twenty-five is the record, correct? Yes, sir. That would be fifty-five games. So eighty-two minus fifty-five is that twenty-seven? It is twenty-seven to go. Yeah, I mean we are getting in, and I bring that up. Like, oh, no, it's go time. This is not the first half. It's no, more it's like go the, time. You know, two thirds. This is go time right now. So at Toronto coming up tomorrow night, seven thirty tip. Pascal Siakam returning north of the
0: border. It was time to, you know, get out of there. (laughs) Yeah, that
2: looked like the Pacers' effort last night. Butler, three and a half? Or did you say it's risen to four and a half?
0: Uh,
1: I saw it at four and a half. Yeah, ESPN Bet here on uh, ESPN.com has it at four and a half. Has the over-under 153 and a half. Underdog
2: against the number. I'm surprised to see Marquette up at four. But it's a reminder of, like, you get past UConn and Purdue, and it's like everybody's lost. Seems like everybody loses every week besides those two teams. Uh, Mark, a refresh my memory, Josh, correct, on the four-pack? Josh, full pack? yes. Shout-out to Josh. Pays to listen early in the show. We gave those away very early. A four-pack of tickets tonight to Hinkle for Butler and Marquette. We'll give away another one coming up for Saturday's game with Creighton. Boy, this Big East gauntlet. It continues for Butler, but so far, so good. They are 3-1 and one on this stretch of games uh, filled with Quad 1 and Quad 2 opportunities. Butler-Marquette, a rematch. Butler beat Marquette last month in Milwaukee. Since then, the Golden Eagles have won seven. Straight.
1: Yeah, Indiana State, we already talked about them a lot with Brendan. Again, that one 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN Plus against Illinois State. Uh, just some other scores around college basketball last night. Top 25, Duke beat Wake Forest, which is a nice win uh, for them. 77-69, Texas Tech all over a team, uh, all over Kansas. Kansas may not win. I got to look it up, but in Scotty's here, he may know off the top of his head. I mean, it's been it's been 12 years, 13 years since Bill Self has not either won straight up the Big 12 or at least a tie of the regular season Big 12. And there is a chance for them not to do it. They lost by 29 on the road last night at Texas Tech. Impressive from Texas Tech. 29. It's by like 30 points on the road. I loved Brendan King earlier. Yeah, I liked Brendan King. I love him a lot more now, now that I know kind of what else he does in his life. Are you going to visit the frat house? (laughs) I would love to visit the frat house. Yeah. Uh, It'll be a
2: while for this man to to visit the frat house, but we do have to give a birthday shout out here to five-year-old Micah. His father, Brant, just sent this message in. Five-year-old Micah today listens to us every morning on his way to drop off at preschool. And look at this. He's a huge Notre Dame Irish fan,
1: <laughs> of course. Those get pushed to the front of the line, don't they? Hell Mark? yeah, Th- that <laughs> trumps Adam
2: Silver's presence on the yeah. show. I think on this. What if he was like, yeah, I'm a Tuesday big, morning. I'm a big USC
1: fan. I'm trying to think who you who you might hate. No, I think it'd a Notre Dame fan. Marcus friendly he played the okay. Notre Dame fight song for Micah. Yeah, it sounds go. like Marcus withholding. Happy birthday, Micah. From that, Good for you. Happy birthday to Five Micah. Five years old.
4: I'd replay the Bush push right now if I could. Or that,
2: is that necessarily <laughs> Lou Holtz, Ryan Day? Oh, man. Do we need that as well? Uh, shout out to Joe Hay, former Colts offensive lineman. He announced his retirement yesterday. He started nearly 40 games in his time with the Colts. Won a Super Bowl uh, with Tampa after his stop here in Indy. All right, it's time for the pop quiz. And again, giveaways abound here. A pair of tickets to Dave Matthews' band coming up in late June. And cluster truck gift card 25 bucks 317 239.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. 9, 10, all
1: right, boy, uh, giveaways abound here. Reminder if you get five out of five, which I haven't, I haven't looked at question number five, how bad is it? Okay, it doesn't look too bad. It, it's okay. It's okay. Scotty's shrugging. That means it's not it's very not easy. 1890s, uh, it's A uh, lot of Jerry bad Rice the other Night. It was 1806 I think yesterday. This day in 1806. Uh by the way, Scotty, you know what today is? The 30th anniversary. I don't think it's on here. It's the 30th anniversary of of uh, John Cheney going after John Calipari and saying he's going to kill him. Oh <laughs> my God, case. that's 30 years ago? It was 30 years ago. That came across the timeline, oh, have, which is have to fantastic. to find that audio and play it. No, oh, we need yeah. one of those again. Oh, I'd love it. Especially if anyone went after Calipari, that'd just be funny anyway. So This seems a bit doable. Okay. So if you get five like, out of five, really doable. you get the Jiffy Lou Boyle change. Regardless, whoever gets picked here, you're going to get a $25 gift card to Cluster Truck. You can download their app or go to clustertruck.com. And right now, for anyone who doesn't win, type in the fan. You get 25% off your next order. Uh, of $25 uh, or more. So that's a great deal. And uh, we have two tickets, right, to Dave Matthews Band, which is coming up uh, at Ruoff in June. So we ready to go? Let's do it. Uh, number one through eight for the pop quiz.
2: Boy, I've got nothing here. Let's just reward Fast Fingers on this Tuesday morning. Okay. Leonard.
1: Leonard, good morning, man. How are you? Leonard. Leonard, you around? Okay. Oh I don't know
2: many Leonard's. Uh, you want to move to number two? Yeah, Mark? Let's just go to number two. Okay, Shane. Hey, Shane. Yes, gentlemen. How are you today? You're not the coach, are you? I am not. Okay. Shane, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys today? We're great. Dave Matthews, Cluster Truck. Wanted to test your brain. All the above. What, uh, what? What had you dialing us up? Uh, just wanting to test the brain. I haven't been on for a while. Do you think we believe him?
1: I, I don't know. I would take the tickets and the gift card. By the way, who's who's the coach when you saw oh, Shane Steichen? Okay, gotcha. Like a, oh, I thought geez. it was... Well, Gosh. I mean, I thought okay, which is this like... Is your KB's, brain struggling I'm like, is this, is this... Gas K- have you up? Little gas have you up late last <laughs> he, night? He did a little bit. I'm like, is this KB's you know golf coach in eighth grade? No, Who is this? That okay. was Chris Denary, my basketball well, coach, dropping
2: Swifty last night on the telecast. <laughs> well,
1: Shane, let's go. You got the two tickets. You got the cluster truck. Let's get the oil change, alright? So let's go. Yes, sir. Alright. Question number one. The pace lost in Charlotte last night, 111-102. Who was the game's leading scorer? Was it Grant uh, Williams? Miles Turner. There you go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Shane, he is. Shane Steichen. Yeah. Smart.
2: Shane Steichen in the building Saturday night in Mackey for he Purdue. Talk ball. He He's let to talk ball. All ball right here. Shane, Super Bowl 58 <laughs> is now history in, or I guess is now in the history books. Where will Super Bowl 59 be played? New Orleans. You don't even need to give this dude the answers. <laughs> Shane, where you go to high school? Oh man, uh, South Dearborn. Okay, you valedictorian of South Dearborn?
1: No, not even close. What's our nickname for South Dearborn? The Knights. The Knights. Ah, the Knights. All right, okay. All right. All right, Wembenyana, Spurs rookie Victor, we love him. Recorded his second triple double last night. Wemby had 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 block shots in the Spurs' win in Toronto. Who was the last NBA player to record a triple double with at least 10 blocks? Was it Clint Capella, Miles Turner, Shaquille O'Neal, Josh Smith? Uh,
0: Josh Smith.
1: Shane, you know a dude from that region,
2: Ashton Craig, is probably going to be Notre Dame's starting center next year? You might not care one bit about that. Um, I do not, because I, I live in <laughs>
0: Greensburg now, well, so not much connection back to that area.
2: Shane, thanks for really making me feel good here on this Tuesday morning. Happy 77th birthday to the winningest coach. Not only Micah, happy fifth to Micah, but happy 77 to Coach K. Mike Krzyzewski, 77, he spent the 74-75 season as an assistant coach to Bob Knight at IU before landing his first college head coaching job. Where did Coach K begin his career as a head coach? Army? Yeah, that's easy. I mean, I, I, knew he, I knew he was going to uh-huh. get that one. Yeah. Wow, well,
1: for being number four, Scotty, I'm Scottie, surprised. That's a little soft. I'm surprised by, by that today. one. Uh, all right, IUPUI heads north tomorrow to face the Detroit Mercy oh, Titans. UD, fighting Mike Davis yeah, is, right? UDM is 0 and 26. Oh, my God. And is one of two NCAA D1 men's college basketball teams still looking for its first victory of the season. Name the only other winless team in men's D1 basketball. Is it Buffalo, Coppin State, Mississippi Valley State, Stonehill College?
0: Wow. Ooh, um. Let's just go with Stonehill.
2: So how close is Milan to South Dearborn?
0: That's probably the closest school. I Actually, I grew up closer to Milan uh, really? than where my high school was. Yeah, about three miles from Milan.
2: Gotcha. Who's the greatest athlete in South Dearborn High School history?
0: Um, probably Eric Sherman. Uh, he went on to play at uh, Vincennes. I think won a national title at Vincennes, and then Coastal Carolina, and played in the NCAA tournament.
2: Man, Vincennes has had a hell of a run in producing. You know, Sean Marion was a Vincennes product.
1: Who's the uh, Who's the Notre Dame big you stumped him with? What was that well, gentleman's name? Yeah, okay. Center
2: on the football team there, and I believe Shane's exact phrase was, "I don't care." Uh, if I remember. No, correctly. I, I
0: no, I'm I would be excited for him going to Notre Dame. Oh, okay. I yeah, no, it's, no I'm a, a huge Notre Dame football fan. Well, well, no the more opposite hints than anymore, the, Shane, so you don't have to butter me the opposite the
4: five-year-old that texted
1: me. They <laughs> love Notre Dame. I right, thought, exactly. I thought it was center right the center on the basketball team. Until no, right now, no, it's the no, center on the football on. team. I think okay. I mentioned
2: it to Marcus Freeman, but then I remembered yeah. I couldn't ask him football questions, so I had to withhold that. Okay, Miles Turner, correct. Boy, he was all over that. Yes! Caesars Superdome. I didn't even know that Caesars was a sponsor of Superdome. <laughs>
1: and it's the got we go years.
2: back out west. I feel like we've been out west for the Super Bowl. Did I see this? Are we LA and Santa Clara the next 2
1: years? Gosh. I believe so, yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Well, you know, the NFL's there in, in LA. They've they have a couple teams, you know. It's fantastic. Caesars Superdome. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's been Caesars for what? What, well, Scotty? Maybe 3 years something like that. Has it's it? been it's been a couple years. Yeah, yeah, uh, Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes yeah, if you remember. Army no. was
2: right for Coach K.
1: That it was, was easy. That was a layup. I, I, do, the, only he, the only ones he missed, Clint Capella, uh, back in 2021, had 13, 19, and 10 blocks. Wemby did that last night, 27, 14, and had uh, the 10-block shots. Obviously, what are one, one the more difficult ways to get a triple-double? Should we be nervous about the Jags
2: giving Detroit their first win?
1: I thought you were talking about – I think you were talking about Trevor Lawrence. You know I was going to say, no, I'm not worried about Jacksonville at all, actually. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know.
2: I got to look this up. So you're telling right, me Mike Davis is bun- So his kid is no longer there. Is that right? Yeah, he's gone. 0-26. Okay. So IUPY Ooh. is 6-20, and all right? Okay. Detroit is 0-26. six. Okay. Let's scroll through this schedule here. They played earlier this year. IUPY won by 12. Was that the game where the dude walked on the floor? You remember that?
1: I remember. And Matt
2: Crenshaw handled it just beautifully.
1: I remember asking uh, Rakeshaw about it, and Greg Greg didn't think it was as funny as I did. That's all I remember.
2: (laughs) So they lost by three at Robert Morris. If I'm looking through the schedule, uh, that looks to be the closest I'm seeing. My, Youngstown State beat them by 41 on Detroit's home floor. Not much of a hostile environment. And I asked this not wow, to be State only lost by, is, or only beat them by three. Like is,
1: any, is anyone at these games, wait a minute, they this have an 80% chance to win. win.
2: Old Miss is good at basketball this year, correct? Ole Chris miss Beard is, has done a nice job.
1: Yeah, they're, they're very good at basketball. They're a tournament team for sure. The closest
2: game that Detroit has had all season is a 70-69 to 69 loss at Old Miss. I can't believe
1: it. Yeah,
2: I'm, lo- I'm looking at it. I just can't believe it. Boy, I'm nervous for IEPY tomorrow night. I
1: say we lead with this. If they lose, we got to lead with it, right? Unbelievable. Thank you to Shane. That's a
2: oh, $25 26. gift card to Cluster Truck. Man. That is a pair of tickets to Dave Matthews Band. We'll close it out. We have not only a favorite for the Super Bowl next year, where do the Colts fall in line, we also have a favorite for the Halftime Act. We'll share that on the other side.
1: Brett Michaels joining JMV today. That seems very on brand. <laughs> love that. What was your I absolutely show? love that. And then Al Harrington. Oh, Rock of Love. Rock of Love. Oh, was I love that it. Rock of Love was fantastic. Al Harrington's always a good time. But those are two men. Those are opposite ends of the spectrum, are they not? Al Harrington. I assume Brett Michaels was something Michaels. To with All-Star well, Weekend. Well, I thought so. I had no idea. Is, is he just going to be in town? Is he a basketball fan? Is nah. he a Halliburton fan? Now, you mentioned this earlier.
2: Indiana State beating. Did we ever look this up? Was it Oklahoma they beat back in the day in the tournament? Uh, I, did they beat the I Fighting Sampsons? I
1: remember the Fighting Calvin Sampsons being there in Memphis, in the Pyramid, which is now a Bass Pro Shop. And I also remember like the Michigan State team was led by Jason. Jason Richardson, I vividly remember that. He was a high flyer, but I think they beat Oklahoma, and Oklahoma was ranked pretty high that Joe year. Joe Linardi's latest
2: bracketology, he has Indiana State as an 11, taking on the Boomer Sooner as the sixth seed, and their coach is Porter Moser, of Okay, course. So yeah, I don't sure, know if there'd be sure. a... Loyal is in the MoVal, right? Where Porter Moser came from?
1: Yeah. Right? It's, I don't taken, know. it's I mean, taken him a little bit of time to kind of turn that around. Yeah, they had a nice
2: year. They were one of the final few undefeated uh-huh. if, if I remember he's correctly. a good coach. That game would be in Pittsburgh. So it's not okay. a terrible drive from Terre Haute. No, um, it's not too bad. And then Butler, he's got as the outside of Dayton. So they're in the tournament. They are the top of the last four by. So I guess, what, Team 60, 61? I don't know. My math isn't great. 10-seed. Uh, Utah state as the 7 the number 2 seed would be Tennessee in those games in Charlotte there so a you know, direct flight we
1: got a ton of them to Charlotte yeah but now there. then we have to i mean we have to fake take, or we're going to, have to learn something about Utah State basketball, no, no. and so will everyone in the country. Right. You know, hey, break down if you don't mind. Hey, Gottlieb, break down Utah State. Butler, go ahead, big guy. Purdue, per <laughs> usual, on the one line. They
2: are the number one overall seed. Indianapolis, of course. Cambridge Fieldhouse. Who would they the have first in the eight two
1: nine rounds? Detroit Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight. The eight nine. Yeah, who would the eight nine game? Florida. Okay. Washington State. Okay. Now I haven't seen Washington State. I've seen Florida. Florida beat Kentucky at Kentucky. That's one of their nice wins. I I don't know. To me, Purdue. You know what I think of Purdue. They would. They would. I mean, listen. They've been upset by much lesser teams, but to me, they would cruise against a team like Florida. You know, you always forget. Was fairly Dickinson? They were in the play-in, right? I believe so. Yes. Oh, oh man,
2: that just that adds even more insult to it because I'm now seeing <laughs> Purdue. You know, they they'd play the winner of the play-in as the number one overall seed here. Southern and Eastern Kentucky. I think Eastern Kentucky's got some
1: Indianapolis. Oh, I'm sure they do. Uh, I actually think Purdue it's played not, them maybe earlier this it's year. It's not, uh, not too far down the road. Now, you said as a tease. Yes. Uh, who is lined up to to uh, be the Super Bowl champion okay, so next year? And I, I think something that I care probably more about, and I have not seen this, who's the favorite to be the halftime act next season in the Super Bowl? We have
2: three acts for the halftime Super Bowl at plus 450 or better. Okay. okay? Bieber at plus 700. What? Okay. Miley Cyrus Ooh, at plus twenty two hundred. So they are distant, you know, uh, uh, underdogs. I guess they are the Southerns and the Eastern Kentuckys of the world. Our three at plus four fifty or better. We will start with the man that probably will be at the final four front row, wearing whoever's gear happens to be there. That would be Drake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might be in the building tomorrow night to welcome Pascal Siakam back. Okay. Um, and I, I just, uh, I take her off the books. I don't think she's allowed to do it until her husband retires at plus four hundred. I assume they'll get married. Plus 400 for Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah, I think those are too high of odds for her, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: I don't see I don't see Taylor Swift doing it at all. To be quite honest, Even I, if they I'm break up
2: you. in the next six months, uh, that's too close then to she's the game. Be well, she's not I mean, want to... I mean that would be then the she thing. writes a
1: song about well, him and then performs it at a halftime I, of the game. Oh, the, see now now you're thinking the way I'm thinking that the only way I want to see Taylor Swift is if they break up the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They make it every year, so the Chiefs will be back in the Super Bowl next year in New Orleans, and she's performing. And Kelsey tells Andy <laughs> Reid he's not going in for halftime; he's yeah. staying out there to watch her. Like the kicker, what was it, McPherson for the Bengals? <laughs> yeah who did that a couple years ago? I now, see one
4: of the favorites being the guy I I brought us back with, Post Malone. I feel like he would be a good. Oh really? Wow. That, that,
2: that was not the I, list I, I saw. Mean, we have one favorite no, left. No, here. This is just personal. You're, I would, you're, yeah, you're I in New Orleans. You got to
1: go a little Little Wayne yeah, Lil juvenile, Wayne, don't yeah. you? I mean, come on. At what are we doing? Plus two sixty, Little Wayne. Yeah, boy, there'd just be so many beeps and bleeps. I, I yeah, just, you couldn't. You can't do those songs clean or relatively. Close to clean, you just no. can't do it. I mean, it's just not going to translate. Now, I did see this. Well, can't he just like turn the mic to the side? Everybody else say the word, and then he just <laughs> keeps on going. The fake
2: fans that run out on the field.
1: You're asking a lot from Lil Wayne, who might be in a, who might be in an altered state, who will be uh, in a heavily altered state. I did see this. Now, Usher doesn't get paid, obviously, to do the Super Bowl, but you get the uptick. His Spotify streams uh, since the Super Bowl halftime performance, KB, up. Five hundred and fifty percent. Oh, we, His, we we uh we dialed them up all day Sunday. Oh, there you go. His concert. So you fed into this. Yeah. 100%. His concert ticket prices are up forty percent. His tick pick. Okay, which I guess is what? a ticket broker site. What? Tick, Careful there. Tick. Yeah. Easy. Tick says thirty eight percent of the total tickets they've sold for Usher's upcoming tour came after the Super Bowl for performance. That's a staggering number. Makes sense to do it right. I mean that's why he does it. Super
2: Bowl fifty nine odds. Where are the Colts? One to thirty two. Where do you have them?
1: Fifteen. The odds are fifteen. Fifteen yeah, says 15. Andy
2: Sweeney. I'll say like tied for tied for twelfth. Tied for twelfth. Mark Dykton. tied with Mark Dykton's Bears. Ooh, are the Colts eighteenth? Forty to one. I looked at the list. The one team that I was like, really. Above them, I think this has more to do with the division than anything. The Falcons were above the Colts, and I mean, I know well, the that Falcons makes no sense. Beat the Colts, but where the is Texans? That just
1: all NFC South? The, the yeah, Texans it, were it, above it, the Colts. Had, as well? well, no, but where are the Texans? How high up are, uh, are they say on that like list? 14 or Okay, 15. yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they're not a little bit higher. Chris Canty on the morning show on ESPN, he gave his top five. They tweeted out he has to win the Super Bowl next year. He has Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, Bengals, and Texans. Are the Jaguars it, above them? Uh Jacksonville so, yeah. will be a, will be ahead of uh will be ahead of Indy. The thing that is just scary about all these odds, it's just the number of AFC teams. Sure. That are up there. If you're the culture, yeah, good God. I know it goes back and forth and you know, other years the NFC is the beast, but I mean there's just a ton of AFC teams. We did it this year where big time quarterbacks were not going to make the postseason. Several didn't make the postseason. Uh, Chiefs five to
2: one, forty nine or six to one, Lions seven to one. So a lot of Dan Campbell support. Here in the off season. All right, thank you to Rick Carlisle. Thank you to Brendan King and in Indiana State at 7. Butler, 6.30. Pacers final game before the All-Star break tomorrow. Adrian Wojnarowski going to join us tomorrow. He's got a fun event with Tyrese Halliburton coming up. He'll promo that. Everybody have a great Tuesday.